Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. That's why the sun this morning is saying we're going back to the 80s. They're flipping from Celsius to Fahrenheit, don't you see? They're welcome the weekend heat wave bringing highs of 86 degrees. They're calling it 30 degrees Celsius in some places. So some are back with a bang. Temperatures set to soar. Don't you love those kind of stories? Uh, mind you, the examiner this morning talks about the beaches that are stepping up and the ones that are not. They talk about some of them having sparse facilities while others are just rocking it. They talk about narrow road access in some beaches, parking shortages. Of course, we had a story on this program the last time we got a belt of great weather where all of the camping camper vans were taking up spaces and people were trying to get to the beach for the day with their families, but there was people parked up overnight and what have you. So that caused a fairly testy conditions from time to time. But the sparse facilities could make it a testing staycation. So you need to pick your best beach. I may come back to this later on. You know, you got to have ones that have wheelchair access, toilets, lifeguards, you know, picnic benches, coffee and food vans. Some do, many do now at this stage. Um, others don't though and some of them are lucky enough to have all that and also little shops where you can get all the knickknacks. But the pubs are back in business or at least they will be uh, fairly soon, uh, indoor before the end of next week. Probably the 23rd, in and around that date in typical Irish fashion we actually don't have a date set in stone yet. So for those in hospitality they don't know what to do. They have a kind of a vague idea with regards to ordering. Uh, but um, it's very interesting because 2 million people in Ireland who are fully vaccinated or are immune will be the first to be allowed in and anyone caught forging one of these vaccine passes will face a fine of two grand or a month in prison so it's serving time the law has been signed off but as i say jail if you fake a pass to dine inside now in the early early days this will just be a visual check on the door because the qr code scanner ain't ready yet and they don't think it's going to be ready next week at some stage it will be so it's a visual one so you can see why there could well be an issue with regards to with regards to forgeries if it's just a visual one so they talk about threatening people with jail in that regard or, or indeed a two to two and a half grand fine and um, the law will run until october the 9th my birthday and then any kind of an extension after that will have to be approved by the Dáil and Shannon but they're hopeful by October 9th it'll be like everything will be open for everybody what's quite interesting though is for those that I know I know it was awful for people who got COVID it wasn't yet by and large apart from those who went you know and, and partied and broke all the rules and all of the regulations and all of the guidelines and got it but the vast majority of people got a shock and a fright when they got COVID um, but it's kind of ironic that anyone that got COVID will now get in next week and anybody that didn't or was uber cautious <laughs> will not get in. Uh, mind you, not just the two million, but their children as well. The under 18s will get in whether they have uh, been vaccinated or not and, and clearly they won't have been. Uh, and also hospitality staff are getting one of these kind of, you know, a, a kind of a, a, a safe pass if you like. The mail says that unvaccinated staff will also be able to eat a meal before or after work on the premises. So those that are vaccinated will be indoors with staff who are possibly not vaccinated. But the first vaccine certs will be issued today. Now, fully vaccinated people will begin to receive the certificates today. So here is my quest to find somebody who got one in the post this morning. 
Text 0868104106. I'd love to chat with you. If you got one in the post this morning, maybe it's slightly early doors. It could well be tomorrow or it could be Thursday. But I think that would be fun if we could find someone who has got one. Text 0868104106. And you know the passengers that will be coming in uh, from, say, July 19th, they'll only face kind of what they call random checks of their EU digital passport or travel pass, I should say. Like random, just the odd person. Don't know why that is. Um, Maybe they just don't have uh, the QR facilities to check everybody. But that seems to me slightly vague, doesn't it? Um, We're starting to see a bit of live music and the Secret Garden are doing gigs and the Examiner this morning has photographed some of them. The great Cork singer Gerald O'Hearn, who was out here in studio playing with me on a couple of occasions, he did a live indoor gig, uh, the first one since March 2020 at Secret Garden. Uh, It's great to see and couldn't we have some more of them back? Could we not have vaccinated musicians, vaccinated bands now playing indoors? But a bumper travel year they call it at Cork Airport and they're trying to big up the positiveness of you know the fact that the airport is closing on the front of the Echo today. Uh, They're doing their best but I'm not sold on it because um, after the summer period Cork Airport will close. It'll close for 10 weeks uh, in September and it won't open again until just before the Christmas rush November 22nd but they're spending 40 million in Cork Airport between 2020 and 2022. It's not just about the runway but the timing of course leaves an awful lot to be desired and Ryanair are so desperate to get back in the air and get flying all over the place again that they're advertising for pilots. They want to hire 2,000 new pilots. They aim to recover and to build from the pandemic. So that's kind of interesting. Ryanair uh, are, are hiring. Um, the, the, um, of course, the, the murder of Sophie Toscan de Plantier needs to be front and centre in all of the stories and the narratives coming out of West Cork. Uh, but Ian Bailey um, is getting more column inches now than he has in many, many years. A lot of it has to do with the Sky and the Netflix documentaries. He says now in the Irish Independent talking to Ralph Regal that he was turned away from a West Cork restaurant uh, recently. The owner said, I don't, he, uh, he said, we don't want your sort in the place. He's deeply hurt at being asked to, to leave a restaurant. And if you've been following the different, um, you know, whether it was the podcast, the Netflix, or the Sky documentaries, you'll be aware of the bloodstained gate, right? Um, and allegations that the Gardaí lost it or it got thrown out. Well, it ultimately was disposed of. But the independent.ie this morning says that the five-bar gate at the holiday home of Sophie Toscan de Plantier was not lost by the guards. It was just decided that it was no longer of any value to the murder investigation. I guess at the time they figured, I think they kept it for six years at the um, forensic laboratory and they must have thought there's never going to be a cold case so we don't need to keep it, which sounds bizarre to me, an unsolved mystery, the potential of a cold case investigation. You would think they would keep everything. They say they offered it back to Sophie's parents but um, Pierre-Louis Badov-Venaud, who's her son, Pierre-Louis, says that he never had heard anything about the gate. I had never news of the gate from the Gardaí. They never gave it back to me nor offered. But the guard said it was to Sophie's parents. So they said they kept it and tested it for six months. But the only evidence they could find on it was Sophie Toscan de Plantier's blood. So that's uh, a little bit more clarification as to uh, the gate. Um, also... Um, many stories still before the courts. I don't know whether compensation before the courts is is dropping or is it just compensation with regards to um, motoring injuries, injuries. But there's a 40 grand compo case settled in this morning's papers today where a teenager broke his left elbow when he fell off a bouncy castle 
He got 40 grand compensation yesterday, suffered a fracture of his elbow. And that makes the courts yesterday. He was with a group of friends. Apparently, it was the after party of, of a confirmation. And there's a lot of after parties in Italy. And there's photographs in the red tops of the Italian team with Mancini and, uh, and the cup coming down the steps of the airplane. Uh, Roberto with the cup and the smiling fans, uh, sorry, the smiling players. Meanwhile, of course, in the UK, uh, news continues to come out as to, you know, this drunken rampage where they tried to, they did storm Wembley. Uh, the English Times this morning is saying that the Wembley fans um, are claiming that they bribed stewards with cash to allow them in. Wembley fans tell of drunken violence and claims, like, there's many, many photographs, actually, of uh, of, the, of the fans. And one guy, uh, one guy, apparently a Formula One racer, Drive race driver had his 40 grand watch robbed by a thug. Others were beaten up and kicked on the ground. And you've probably seen the video footage and indeed also maybe seen uh, some of the stills of the thugs themselves. And no, no two thugs look the same. They don't have a kind of a stereotypical thug or national front look about them. Not all the time. Certainly racists don't look the same. There's a story in The Independent this morning of the estate agent Savile in the UK who've suspended an employee because of racist tweets after the English defeat. They said they were appalled by the racist comments on his Twitter page. I mean, I find that bizarre that you would you would suspend somebody. You would think there would be something in the contract where in your contract where you would be just automatically fired for something like that. Not suspended. No investigation. Here's the tweet. What you said. Pack your bags and go. And you know how you know how Roy Keane um, questioned why Grealish and Sterling didn't um, step up. And take uh, the penos. Like he said, actually, on TV, on ITV, if you're Sterling or Grealish, you cannot sit there and watch a kid walk up ahead of you. You just can't. You can't sit there and go, I see a 19-year-old walking up in front of me. I have more experience. He's saying they should have stepped up. Grealish tweeted, I wanted to take a peno. The gaffer made so many right decisions through the tournament, but I won't have people say I didn't want to take a peno. Uh, we, of course, know that um, there is an opportunity for us to have a joint bid for the World Cup. Um, and Leo Varadkar is saying, in spite of what happened at Wembley and in the streets of London uh, after the match on Sunday night, we are going to continue with our joint bid uh, for the World Cup. And that makes the papers today. And many are asking, with regards to all of the racist comments, why the tech giants just can't ban all racist comments before they actually ever get published on platforms. Like, you know that they can target advertising to you on the basis of your age, uh, where you live. They can follow your profile, your likes and dislikes. If you've got a thing about shoes or trainers or runners, they'll bombard you with ads about that. If you love to travel, they'll bombard you with ads about that. So they can do it when it's worth money to them, but they won't do it uh, when it would cost them money to do it. Like Brenda Power this morning in the mail says, how much longer can tech giants give these racist fans free reign? And we know of the abuse that uh, the three lads suffered, including uh, Marcus, Rash- uh, Marcus Rashford, uh, who had a beautiful mur- mural to him uh, daubed with racist comments and abuse uh, in the UK yesterday. But in spite of everything, the team was still net millions. There's a lot of money to be made in advertising and marketing for all of the team, not just particular individuals, in spite of the fact that they lost. There's one or two other stories that I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning, but i got a lot to do, so we'll move on. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show. Interesting one on um, passports and the issue regarding passports, and I know I mentioned this yesterday, and I promised I would come back to it. One email came in to say, just on the subject of the passport office, with them being, uh, out, well, it says here, out of work. I don't know if they're out of work, but they're certainly not working 
certainly are now open anyway. Um, Tracy says, public services have really been depleted during this COVID period for the public. I cannot understand how some people weren't working, yet they're on full pay. I know of one department who work outdoors doing maintenance of public grounds, and they were not working for almost a full year. During the period, they also received two pay increases and all of their wages, despite not working. It's beyond belief in the public sector. I think COVID has made the public-private sector divide much, much bigger now. Those of us who were lucky enough to stay in our positions in the private sector have worked throughout the pandemic, taking precautions. But the public sector, certainly the outdoor workers, stayed on full pay. I'm grateful for my job that it wasn't affected, but private companies have tightened belts to get through it, while the public workers just reaped every single benefit says Tracy by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Friday, we spoke to Geraldine, who was waiting 10 weeks for her passport. Um, and then uh, many people then uh, had to get on to their local TDs to see if they could uh, speed up the process with regards to trying to get their passport. Because from next week, six days time, you'll be able to fly overseas. But there is um, an astonishing, somebody gave me a figure on it this morning, an astonishing amount of people who are waiting for passports, like 89,000, I think, um, was the backlog last month. I don't know how fast they're working through it. But Michael Collins, very proactive, independent TD down in West Cork, he's across this story, like others. He's also the TD who's behind the uh, the cataract coaches to the north and what have you. And he joins me by phone. Michael, good morning. What's going on, Michael? Good morning, uh, well, first of all, uh, unfortunately, there's a backlog. Well, that was about mid-May, 89,000 uh, people seeking uh, passports. That, uh, to me, is a figure that could still be in and around that type of figure because we're, you know, in a date with people looking for passports for very genuine reasons because up to now, they weren't issuing, we'd say, processing urgent, only urgent, and emergency applications and definition of this emergency will take or an accident. But at the same time, people genuinely want to renew their, their passports for their when they have the right to travel. And that mightn't be very far away. And the unfortunate situation is we're, uh, we can't get anybody by the phone. Um, so it is all, uh, you know, up, and, uh, up until recently, and until we cracked some kind of nut there as such, it was, it was by emails and the emails weren't being responded to. But we, you know, I have one member of staff nearly full time uh, trying to deal with this issue now. And we, you know, we've bombarded them and in with the Foreign Affairs Department with uh, questions uh, to, 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 you can pose questions to the to the departments as such and we've uh, we're now starting to get responses but it's been very very unfortunate for a lot of people it's been hair pulling stuff uh, for quite a while like I've been getting emails and calls certainly yesterday from some people who applied for their passport online and got their passport within two days others ten weeks there seems to be no there seems to be no consistency in it no, and for, we'll say new, with, with, with parents that want to get a passport for their child, a new child, you could be waiting up to, this is up to 40 days, and that is if all the information is sent incorrectly, if there's any little detail uh, of incorrection, they'll put you back down to the bottom of the pile, and it could be another 40 Is any of it, I mean, I hate saying this, because I have a good relationship with the staff in there, but people are, people are suggesting that, that they're looking for reasons to put it back, like, they might, they might say that the photograph is wrong and things. 
yeah, that unfortunately was the situation we had with uh, people as well that the photographs are wrong. But uh, at the end of the day, the same photograph was submitted and they accepted it in the end. So I don't know what's going on. It's like as if they're looking for excuses. I've had a good relationship with them too, Neil and Ferris. And I've often, you know, in, in, in urgent situations, non-pandemic time, gone down to the passport office in Dublin for people who might ring me and they, it might be very urgent. And we go down and we stand at, 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 on the floor with them and deal with the issue and get it started. But uh, unfortunately, since uh, this, you know, lockdown, uh, things have, have completely, uh, the handbrake is up as such. And, okay. and it's the same with visas and citizenships. You know, we're finding it very, very difficult to, to get any kind of uh, progress. And, and, and it's something I think that, you know, the Department of Foreign Affairs, the Minister of Foreign Affairs must intervene and try and see can he uh, move this issue, you know, to the forefront. Uh, you know, we have, I suppose, in the driving tests and theory tests as well, you know, there's certain um, departments you know, lagging behind in in, 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 in these serious times. Like. I mean, I know that it, that is connected, actually, because it's another public sector um, uh, department, but can, can, you, can you take a driving test now and get your driving license? Can you go and do the theory test now? The theory test is, is, is almost impossible to get, and there's a lot of people getting uh, appointments uh, from, we say, in Cork County. It could be above in Tipperary, it could be somewhere up, uh, it's like going places up the country, and the next thing, you know, some of them are even willing to, to, to go up and do it. The next thing, the day before, they get a call saying, sorry, it's cancelled. What and, about and a driving test with a driving tester? Driving test is after easing somewhat, but still, you know, it's, it's after improving. To be honest, with you don't want to be okay. Um, all right, you know, but like the NCT are the all of the different NCT centres are rocking. They're churning through yeah. the cars. They can do it. I know that's a private sector working for the state, but they seem to be able to get on with things. They can, and they have. You know, they're working seven days a week, and and some evenings and nights yeah. as well. So they're they haven't their whole system has slowed up, and it's quite safe because I've been to the MCT centre. You stand outside the door, you leave your car there. I mean, all of these things can be done here. Is it is but the difference here that that's done for profit, whereas the other ones are public sector services? Sadly, it looks like that, Neil, but it shouldn't be the case. And as I said, visas and citizenships are, are, are a, a no-go area at the moment too. So like that whole area needs uh, um, needs a serious concentration by the government. And we, we've been, you know, calling for, from the floor of the for improvements there. And, you know, we just hope that things will improve. But certainly, you know, people have been terribly inconvenienced um, waiting for, you know, an adult renewal um, is meant to take 10, 10 working days for a passport that's, that's, that's two weeks as such, uh, you know, when you when take into account two weekends. That's not happening. I'm afraid it's not happening. No, you might say there might be a few here and there, but I certainly know... There was a ha- good half dozen yesterday who did it online and got them within two working days. Like, no, there was, honestly. But th- like a lot, this is not just about people going on holidays, incidentally, or going to the sun. A lot of people who had, say, for instance, who had babies last year in the pandemic, or even, you mentioned that, actually, I get a passport for the baby. Uh, they're finding it impossible to get a first passport for their new babies. And it's criminal for some of them because some grandparents live abroad and have yet to meet their new grandkids. You know, these kind of scenarios, this is a year, two, do- two, two, two years down the line now. And it's unfair in families here who might want to travel home to see their own parents and bring a grandchild with them for the first time in perhaps two or three years. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible round. You put them, we say, a minimum of 40 days wait, uh, you know, to, to, to get that passport. It's, this is an area that, you know, I, I will be concentrating on all the street to push it again and, and, and try to get the minister to sit up here and see that the, the seriousness of the issue, like you can't, you know, as I say, 16 working days, if it's a renewal, that's bad enough, but at least 40 days. Is, and if, as I said, the information is anyway incorrect, 
you're in trouble because you could be back at the bottom of the heap again at, at any ETD week. So it's it's fierce worrying for parents and, and can you, know, you fierce upsetting and there's no need, there's no sense. Can you tell me like where are the passports actually printed and and uh, put together? Are, are, is all that done in Dublin? My assumption is that it is done in Dublin. I've seen before, as I said to you, when, you know, people would ring me, they'd be going at that time for holidays or wherever they were going, uh, genuinely, because they, they had uh, non-pandemic times. They they realised their passport was out a few days before they left. I, I often walked down to the passport centre in, in Dublin and uh, you'd get the issue started maybe two days, three days. They're brilliant. You know, when, when you're under pressure um, and somebody's have to go to Dublin to sign for that, of course, but it's just that you do the initial contact uh, one-to-one behind the desk. The desk is not no longer open to, to the public and it's making it extremely difficult. And that's the same as well for people trying to tax their car. It's online, you can't go into the tax office. So it seems to be the public sector, unfortunately, are, 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 are slower coming back and picking up pace as opposed to the, the private sector. I hate having to say that, but that, that's the evidence that I have in front of me. But are they actually inside in the passport office, staff, working? My assumption some would be. Maybe okay. those who could work from at home will be work, would be working at home, but I'm just, my assumption is that they're in the, inside somewhere uh, along the, the system. But, you know, you need someone to be on the phone. At times there's, you know, a little bit more explained, a little bit more teasing out, and that's why... Uh, the, we say the children's passports sometimes can go in with little um, errors in it. That could be an iron note if, if somebody was on the other end of the phone to, to resolve the issue with you. That's a, an unfortunate situation. And I feel that when there's no counter service, surely be to God we could have a, a, a phone service. A very um, efficient phone they're service. Offering that, but it's not there yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um, just, just one final question on this. How much of this is down to personal responsibility of people who just left it too late? I suppose a lot of, I, I noticed, to be honest with you, uh, in non-pandemic time, people do leave it too late. They, they book the holiday, but they forget to look at the passport. And when they pull out the passport, a few days ready to pack their bags and have it ready, they realize the passport is out. So that is personal uh, um, issues, all right. But in relation to renewals now, and in relation to, to new kids, new children and stuff like that, that's a bit unfair at the moment. It's not. It's not. It's not the the the, the parent or the obviously the child wouldn't be to blame, but the parent aren't to blame. As such, because they're they're actually trying to get a, a first time passport. Yeah. Um, child yeah. is maybe a few months old, and they're trying to get this started, and they can't get it started. And it's it's, it's very upsetting and worrying. And it, I mean, you know, it's something that could be done pretty quickly. Um, the, the the procedures are there. The phones are there. To, in, t- in today's world, if the if the desk, if you can't call it the desk, surely you could get, at least talk to somebody on the phone. You know, to iron out some details and find out where your passport is and how quick it can be um, uh, processed for them. You know. Okay. That's I mean, it's it's, it's 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 nice to chat to you about this, but this this conversation actually doesn't give anybody any hope, really, does it? It doesn't, as such, only that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're finding a way through, um, what was an extreme difficulty, Neil, uh, a month ago for us, uh, as, as on the political wing of it. We're finding a way through now, at least we're getting responses that we weren't getting to date, so maybe we had to make a little bit of noise. To, to, to get them responses at least and I presume other politicians will be in the same boat they're making the same noises as me and maybe they, that, that's the route to go it's unfortunate it has to go that way but look that's what we're there for public representatives and and, and I certainly have a route I think phone now that I can at least get answers and, and move the process on quicker Okay, okay because the, obviously the clock is ticking actually I think you're going to be um, stepping up tomorrow in the doll because you're very unhappy with this segregated response to opening up hospitality you said we're in real danger 
of becoming a checkpoint society where anyone from bouncers, restaurant staff and guardie can demand to see our papers. You're saying restaurants and pubs, all of them, should be allowed to fully reopen now. Uh, am I quoting you correctly? You are, you are Neil, indeed. Uh, our rural independent group are, uh, we ha- do have a motion in, uh, that was put forward over a week ago about lifting the COVID-19 restrictions in relation to, uh, the hospitality sector. So we want the business to open and open safely. They did that, um, previously. In fairness to most of these businesses, and now they're all closed over 400 days. So their businesses are depleted at this, at this, uh, present time, which is a, can, uh, could be a loss of anything between 5 billion and 7.6 billion to the economy. And, you know, they're implying 260,000 people. And, you know, they're in a situation now where we find the government are rushing and rushing and rushing through legislation, through the doll, Neil, which uh, my, my, always, my belief is rushed legislation is always bad legislation. Well, either, and, either way, is your proposal safe, though? As they say, we have a new variant now and COVID hasn't gone away. I, I, I think our, our, um, our proposals are very safe, in our view, as long as people are distanced, social distanced. Um, that there is there's proper sanitation in the pub like they had. They put, wear their their masks, um, you know, and, and, and until they're uh, taking whether their food or their drink. I think you know we, we have to you know we've 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 really pulled like the government have really zoned out that sector as such as being a, a cause for for the spread of the virus. They haven't been open um, for most of them for forty, as I say, for for up to up to four hundred days, and and uh, you know. We're in a situation now where there's two million people vaccinated. There's three million people uh, are not vaccinated, whether they're young or, or, or under 18 or maybe genuinely 18 to whatever, 2025, that genuinely can get the vaccine if they want to get the vaccine. And now they're going to be left outside. The door. There's three million people. Well, the under 18s the won't. The under 18s won't. That's it. They That's... won't if they go with their parents. Yeah, that, that, no, not just their parents, parents, another person who has been vaccinated. I, 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 yes, a guardian. But at the same time, there's a hell of a lot of people out there that are, maybe want to be vaccinated and are now no longer allowed inside inside the door of a, of a, of a pub or a restaurant. Um, to no fault of their own. And watch the situation with someone that's walking inside there that genuinely again wants to get vaccinated and is walking up to 11 or 12 o'clock in the night and they haven't got vaccine. And do you... They can't get vaccine. They're you, saying, yeah, walk away, you. But you can't stop afterwards. If, if you finish a half an hour before the pub shuts and you want to sit down for a drink, you must go outside the door quick. Do you think that the, do you think that the pubs and restaurants of, say, your, of West Cork, say, for instance, uh, busy summer, tourist-wise and everything, do you think that they will be checking the passport or the, um, the, the digital paper certs at the door? I, re- I really have um, a real concern for that, for, for, for whoever they're going to put there, for their staff and for themselves to try and stop people coming in and to check them. It's, it's, this is a new... Uh, this is a new tier to, to, to their business that they've never done before. And look, I, I'd be honest about it. I have uh, two brothers uh, that have two pubs in West Cork. They've been closed, you could say, for the 400 uh, days of this pandemic. And they they, are, they have no facilities to have outdoor facilities. They're a traditional they're pub, yeah. They're a traditional pub. And you know, there's no... no, no so without, without going to hone in on them, what, how, what are they saying about this? They, they will be dividing their customers. They'll allow some in and they'll tell others to go away. That's the sad thing. They're, they're, they're now going to have to question their regulars as to whether they've had a vaccine or not. And, and, and you know, that's obviously going to lead to a lot of aggravation. Some people may bring their identification that they've had it. More have forgotten it. You're then 
depending on someone's honesty, are you? You could have a dire situation. I think the government has put us, or, or these, uh, the, the, the hospitality sector in a, in a terrible, terrible, difficult situation. And I think Neil, they should have spoke, sat down with him months ago and, and, and walked the way forward. They only sat down with him after making a decision recently to keep them closed. And then you had their own TDs kicked up a fuss and now they're trying to open them in a desperate situation. And do you think we there's other support within the doll tomorrow? You know, I mean, there's yourself and I know that there, you know, there's others in your group, including, say, for instance, Danny Healy Ray and Michael Healy Ray and Matty McGrath and what have you. But is that all? Well, you know, there's been a hell of a lot of shouting and roaring uh, from, the, from the, the main political parties uh, against uh, their, their continuation of the closures of these businesses all along. So we're going to give these TDs um, an ideal opportunity to support our motion tomorrow night that's going to go through the doll. And, you know, they can't be singing one thing um, back on the, on the radio stations and the papers in their, in, in their constituency and come when they have an, an opportunity in the doll, they vote uh, with their government. And that's going to be a testing uh, challenge for them. But this is going to affect tens of thousands of young people who have suffered enough in this country up to now Neil there was a safe way of reopening bars and, and reopening restaurants that could have been done without uh, creating a two-tier society and this is what we're facing at this, in this country over the next number of weeks which I think is unworkable it's going to make it extremely difficult for uh, bar owners and restaurant owners to be standing at doors and, 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 and questioning people mm. it's, 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 I don't know I just don't see it I, I don't see it working to be honest to the segment that's emerging badly and they need to reopen but now they've been the guns to the head they've been put they're being put out there now and at, at, at the forefront of this and, and, and to ban it and to police it, I think it's non, non-policeable. Okay, yeah. let's see uh, how you get on with that motion tomorrow. It's scheduled for debate between 10 and midday tomorrow and then, of course, the vote. So we'll watch that with interest. Michael, thanks for taking the call, as always. Thank Cheers you, for that. Michael you. Collins, Independent TD for Cork Southwest. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. I see the text coming in from people who already got their Vax cert in the post this morning. More on that and lots more besides after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. And you can pick up the phone on 1-850-104-106. So just starting with that, we've got a couple of dates up in the year. The 19th for travel and potentially the 23rd, although they're not 100% sure, for indoor hospitality and what have you. And I'll come back to that again and your thoughts are welcome on it. But a man who's across this, of course, particularly, not, not just the uh, air, air and travel aspect of it, but right across all of the COVID movement stories over the past year and a half is Owen Corey from Air and Travel magazine and he joins me by phone. He's always uh, very uh, uh, willing to come on air even at short notice. So Owen, good morning to you. This um, this this cert that we're talking about, you know, the COVID certificate that's been posted today, that doubles up as access to hospitality and travel. It's the same one, isn't it? Um, well, that's the indication, Neil. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. The, um, the, it's really fitted out for travel when you've got something so, and the technology is awesome, when you've got something that into so much investment and time and everything has gone into, it makes sense for it to be extended to other areas. A lot of European countries are doing that. The problem, of course, is that not everybody will have one for the indoor hospitality, but it's basically, if you've got something as awesome as this, why not do it? So that's what they're doing. It's uh, it's it's access all areas to travel to go indoors as well as the same time. And and from Monday, of course, um, that will be the case. People can fly anywhere in Europe. Anywhere in Europe, everybody in Europe, every country in Europe 
has 21 days to uh, issue them, but every country in Europe has signed up for it since the 1st, which is Friday, not of last week, but of the week before. And people have been arriving in Ireland with the uh, QR code, with their uh, digital COVID certificate. Uh, it caused a bit of uh, scratching of heads because Irish immigration didn't know what to do with it when they saw it. They really weren't uh, up and fitted for it, but uh, people have been arriving with this because other countries have already issued it. Irish people have been travelling um, with their ordinary paper certificate as well. That's not actually legally enacted. That's the, that's the, card, the little card that you get. The little card you get, it says a batch number and it says where you got it and what type. So other countries have been accepting that and the airlines have been accepting that. So what will change on Monday is all of that will be instead of bits of, doc, bits of paper, it'll be a, a QR code either on your phone or printed out. Um, it's arriving. Uh, it started arriving yesterday. Batches of them arriving this morning. And the uh, idea is that that code um, can be read by an, uh, somebody at an airline check-in, uh, an airline gate or immigration. They're the two places they look for it, by the way. The gate, as you're boarding the aircraft, and immigration when you arrive in the other country. Do, when, they, when you're going out, do they scan it or just physically look at it? Scan it. Scanners, they scanners. They, they. It's important. A couple of really important things for fraud is that it does. It, it bears. It's the same person that's on the passport. You would still require your passport. Uh, I know that sounds obvious, but people have um, already turned up thinking that the QR code was their passport in other countries. Uh, it's it, you need your passport, your boarding card, and this. But this, but um, this is what interests me. There's no photograph on this cert, um, so I could borrow yours, couldn't I? They, um, yeah, but you would have to have your name, your date of birth, birth, and um, all of those sort of details on it. It's, it's. So it's is my name and date of birth and all that on the digital travel pass? It's on the. It's yes, indeed. Of course. Ah, okay. It, 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 the analogy would be with a boarding card. You know, you don't have a photograph on a boarding card, except in those airports like Heathrow, where you take photographic security yeah. going from one area to yeah. another. But you have a passport which is your identity, your boarding card, which is your right to get on the aircraft. And this third thing is um, the your QR code. Now, it's not necessary to travel. This is important as well. It's just your, your, your passport or your, I shouldn't use that word, but your right to travel without restrictions, without quarantine yes. and without having yes. a test. Yes. If you don't have the, the uh, if you don't have, if you haven't been fully vaccinated, or even if you don't have the QR code, you will still need that PC that antigen test going out and gotcha, PCR yeah, test yeah. So you will be you will be scanned, or at least your cert, your travel cert, will be scanned at an airport, like a it's boarding medical, pass. So it's, it's, your, it's your medical details to go with your boarding pass and your passport. Yeah. So and it's the joy of this is like it can be uploaded if you check in in Ryanair. It says upload you, uh, your QR code. So up goes your QR code. Uh, you produce your boarding pass, the, uh, your your QR code from your phone at the gate, and then you press a little button at the top of the boarding pass, and opens up this QR code, and then they scan that. All the people want the gate gate want to know is, are you clear to travel? And um, you know that QR code. Then that means that if somebody gets a hard copy of it in the post, they can take a yeah. photograph of it. Is it of yeah. the QR yeah, code? Absolutely, uh, and you can bring the, the piece of paper, take a photograph uh, of it. And once the QR code is on your phone and you can locate it uh, at, the, at the gate, you won't need anything printed out. But you know all of the tourists that are coming in, you say they're already started to come in since earlier in the month. Yeah. Heather Humphreys has said that they, they won't be, they'll only be random checks 
um, when they arrive at Irish airports. Is that because they'd have already been checked before they boarded an EU flight? Absolutely. You're not getting on a flight unless you have this. Uh, if people slip through the system, and people uh, have slipped through the system, the way that uh, people deal with all security, uh, be it passport fraud or whatever, is by uh, they, if something shows up at, when you scan at immigration, uh, something doesn't look right, they call you in for a secondary uh, chat, and they also have randoms. Uh, it's a, they're actually, even at secure airport security, the alarm is just destined to set off every after a certain uh, period of time uh, just to keep people trained up. So are people actually booking to come here and are Irish people booking to go overseas? Smaller numbers than uh, would happen in other European countries. Uh, the European Eurocontrol, the aviation update, just arrived about 20 minutes ago. Um, a lot of countries are around 66-65% of capacity uh, what, where, where they would be this time in 2019. We're still under 30% or just around 30%. Expect that to move up as we get moving because the last two weeks in July, you can tell. Uh, you can look into your Ryanair flights and you can get to Germany for a fiver. That doesn't happen in July. You can tell that people aren't booking. It was interesting, Neil, that there was a a little bit, surge is too strong a word, but it's coming off a very low base. A little bit of an interest in booking in May when July the 19th was mentioned. And then all the words, you know, the, the politicians were trying to downplay this. Eamon yeah. Ryan talked about 10 hour queues in airports. It dampened the enthusiasm a little bit in June. I suspect it'll work like most things in Ireland work, not by the aviation companies, although the airlines, the fares that Ryanair are throwing into the market are amazing. It won't go by public health policy. It'll actually go by word of mouth. That's how traditionally Ireland works. The first people going out uh, next week in July uh, will come back and say, well, it's different because it's, it's also like all our first flights. It's, we, we're going to have to do it masked. We have all this extra thing of the QR code to go through. So it's, a, it's, it's familiar to us. And once people start coming back and saying, this is how it works, uh, the, the, the numbers will start moving. Uh, the numbers for September, October are much higher because most people are, expe- are giving us a little bit of time. A little bit of here. breathing space, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what about the rest of the world then? Because we are only talking about within the European Union. When will European international Union, yeah. transatlantic open and everything else, do you think? Uh, and this is, it's, it, this is European Union only, and a, a little bit of uh, confusion caused by people talking about the emergency break system, which means that a country could be cut off at short notice, only applies outside the European Union. That would only apply in our case to places like Turkey and Morocco. Um, outside the European Union, lots of countries want to try and do a deal that is similar to the COVID certificate. Britain has already done that. If any of your listeners uh, are based in the, the north, the uh, NHS COVID card, uh, it does, isn't technically valid within the European Union, but bilaterals with all the major countries like Spain, Portugal, mean that it's been treated as if it was. America is very important for Ireland, second biggest inbound market. Talk of a travel bubble. Um, talk about, at the moment, Irish people cannot travel to America. Uh, that's, been, that's been discussed, uh, uh, that ban being lifted. And there's talk that already vaccinated Americans are arriving here. They need a PCR test before they come. If that restriction is lifted, uh, that would be a big boost. But we don't have any guidance on whether that's going to be done. But I would expect the pressure, once you're allowing fully vaccinated Germans in, why not Americans as well? Fully vaccinated But Americans this is down to Biden, is it? 
it's it's it was happening it was happening bilaterally the, independent of the administration but we've a very pro Irish president the most pro Irish president we've had in in sixty years so it could, he would certainly be in a position to intervene and say let's get the Irish thing set up but from our side we've got to be certain that we're going to let uh, vaccinated Americans in without uh, the sort of um, judgment that went on, for instance, last summer. And the real, uh, the, the, the key to this is that vaccinated Americans are the type that come to America, have come to Ireland, they're of the age cohort and they are very important in terms of spend. It's the, the unlocking of Irish tourism will be vaccinated Americans arriving back. Big problem though is that Aer Lingus have already cancelled almost all their North American program. The only one uh, cities that we still have are Chicago, Boston, New York, the core cities that were there in our childhood, Neil. Yeah. All the Seattle's, Los Angeles, San Francisco's are all gone. But and that's that's because we've we've dragged the heel and, and uh, on transatlantic, and we have to. Uh, um, it, it works two ways. There's another complication going the other way, and that is that uh, the Americans recognise uh, Pfizer and Moderna, but they haven't recognised AstraZeneca vaccines yet. So even if you've been through the full course of AstraZeneca, you may still require when our, when America opens uh, an antigen test before travelling. Okay, but they can come here fully vaccinated and with. The PR, with the PCR test, at, but we can't. At the moment, they, they're required to, the PCR test and self-isolation. Everybody is still required the self-isolation as they arrive. In oh, America. I see. So it's PCR right. and self-isolation yeah, as well. But they, they, it, 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 the vaccination didn't exist in Irish legislation. I mean, people are saying, why do I have to do this fully vaccinated? People have been carted off to mandatory hotel quarantine fully vaccinated. Okay, um, let's bring it on so and see what happens with regards to. I am getting texts from people who are already receiving it in the post, so you're right in that regard. Le- oh, listen, incidentally, I want to ask you your Air and Travel magazine. People ask me, how can they subscribe to that? Oh, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it, at the moment, it's just online, and the uh, best place to, first place to look will be the Facebook page. Okay, appreciate it as always, Owen. Thanks for taking the call, Owen oh, Curry. Thank you very much. Air and Travel magazine. Follow him on Facebook. He's the go to guy in that regard. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prince. Show now 1850 104 106 Red FM. Yes, indeed, just a scattering of text for you. Great show, great start, cheering people up with the good weather news. Keep it up. Uh, hi, Neil. Will the vaccinated cards suffice to enter pubs, etc.? Because they could simply forge those, says Barry. A simple answer to that, to the best of my knowledge, no, it would be the official, um, you know, cert that you will either get by email with the QR code or get in the post. My mum and dad got them in the post this morning at 8.15am. Happy days and brighter days ahead. We worried a lot for my dad and did our best to protect him and my mum went out and worked in Marymount through all of this. Happy day today for both of them. Hopefully the start to some new normal. Morning Neil got my digital cert via email this morning. Another one here. You don't have to be a Columbo to figure this one out. At a time when the government are discouraging ordinary people from travelling internationally, it can come as no surprise that issuing passports would be deliberately, deliberately slowed down. Um, you need to remind people, did you see what happened in the Netherlands? All the young people given the Janssen vaccine, they opened up hospitality and cases went up over 800%. Just another few. What about the birth cert office online? I applied over a month ago and was told it would take 30 working days to issue the cert. Uh, maybe if I need one for our son's college and still no 
no cert has arrived. That's well over a month ago. My daughter applied to renew her passport online on June Bank Holiday Monday. It arrived via post on Wednesday. Which Wednesday? The Wednesday after the bank holiday or Wednesday of last week? How in the hell is this fair? Isn't this causing a double standard in society and discrimination against people who don't want to take a trial vaccine? Well, yes, it is. Yeah, we don't have an equality law that should... Don't we have an equality law that should come into effect to stop this discrimination? Or are we just going to accept the fact that if you ain't vaccinated, you're going to be punished and you're going to be singled out? What I will say, the first to the first restaurant or bar that stops me looking for a vaccine cert and refuse entry, what will I say? I'll say I'll be going to a solicitor to find out where I stand on taking legal action against those premises. But I actually, didn't I read somewhere that the government are also passing legislation to protect restaurants, hospitality and pubs against civil actions, against people suing them under... I think I read that somewhere uh, with people saying this is discriminatory and this is, um, uh, you know... I suppose really anti-democratic here, like. Anyway, keep those coming text 0868104106. Jumping in, we got calls after 10. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie, and you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Uh, Ronan and many others are talking about the inequity, uh, the inequality of it all, if you like. I'm confused. Could you ask your speakers, and uh, well, Owen Corey is gone at this stage, but to answer your question, if at all possible, um, if those of us who don't want to or can't get the vaccine for whatever reason, um, I, I understand why you wouldn't want to, but not being able to, I'm not sure, but the text says, um, can you, those of us that can't or won't get the vaccine for whatever reason, can we never leave the country? Or will we never be able to go into a restaurant again for the rest of our life in this country? Some folk feel it's a type of house arrest as such. Maybe you might agree. Perhaps you could find out for me, says Ronan. Well, the short answer to that is in the short term, the answer is yes, uh, you, you, can, you, you can go out of the country for sure, but you need to do the PCR test thing and you need to do the quarantining when you come back, the hotel and stuff like that. But with regards to indoors in a restaurant or a, a traditional pub, the answer is no, not without the cert. Um, but not for the rest of your life, one would hope. Mother of God, there's got to be an end to this at some stage. So I mentioned earlier about people saying, uh, there was a text saying that he would sue, go straight to a solicitor and sue the pub or the restaurant for not allowing him in if he didn't have the vaccine cert. Um, and I said, I read somewhere that the government were going to protect uh, restaurants and pubs against that. And Mark Willington fact-checked it for me. And the last article we would find on this was from the 9th of July, so it's four days old, where restaurants and pubs are expected to have protection against legal action for refusing indoor dining to people without a vaccine cert or refusing to allow somebody into a traditional pub uh, for a drink. Um, so they're going to be protected against that, indemnified, if you like. It hasn't happened yet, um, but they're trying to iron out the legal protection, and we're trying to do that over the weekend just gone. But the Taoiseach did say uh, it's about protecting people, not discriminating. He says people can take court cases if they wish. That's their option. That's their legal right and entitlement. And he said, I can't preempt 
what people will do in that respect. So I think that's going to be quite messy. And it's made even more crazy and daft because somebody sent me, uh, actually Brenda came across a a video this morning. We don't know where it's from. I I can't say with any amount of certainty, uh, except it's said to be from a, a West Cork pub. And this is a video that's doing the rounds on Twitter. The caption with it says, they're already opened in West Cork. And you can see the interior of a pub. I can't say that it is a West Cork pub. They're saying it is. And the pub is jammed, um, males and females. And they're all in there chanting and jumping and supping um, and cheering as the Italians scored a goal and then went on to win Euro 2022. So whatever pub it was, it certainly was Sunday night. And it certainly was indoors of that, you can be sure. So, text away, text 0868104106. Enough of me, back to the phone lines we go. Um, and Teresa's standing by, so is Kian, so is Noel, so is Pat. But first up, Colette, good morning. Good morning, Neil, how are you? Yeah, delighted for you. And you're delighted? I am, I'm delighted myself. In the post so, this yeah. morning, um, how does it arrive? Just in a Just a government envelope or what? Yeah, just a government envelope. I thought it was from the revenue or something. (laughs) It's got the little harp on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know those ones, Um, yeah. But anyway, it was good news. Are you happy to have it? I'm delighted to have it, yeah, definitely. Now, I got vaccinated back in February, the 20th of February. Um, So I presume I got it by letter because I didn't register, obviously, because I'm a care assistant. So I got it done through work. Yeah, you don't have to register for this cert. It'll just come automatically, either the post no, or... register for the vaccine. Yeah, but, you know, I don't yeah. think that would matter. You still would be on a vaccine database somewhere and then you had your two jabs and that's why you got it. Are you going to use it? Oh, I will, definitely. Will you travel on it? Well, I have a sister in London and I'm hoping to go over to see her for a while. But the first thing I'll be doing anyway is definitely going indoors to eat. <laughs> Not that anybody would want to go indoors with the weather we're going to get for the next week or 10 days, but I know what you mean. You want to be able to get yeah. inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, obviously, if it's raining, you know, you have the option of going inside because it's not very nice eating outdoors if it's raining. So, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, with it. So you have a travel plan in the sense of visiting your sister in the UK and indoors yeah. in a restaurant or a bar? Yes, definitely. So will you photograph the QR code now and you'll put that on your phone? Yes, I will. Yeah. No, we'll also keep the the letter as well, also just yeah. in case. And you are you the only person in the family that's received one? Um, I know my sisters have got it um, through email. So some of my sisters got it this morning as well through email. Now you're the first person I've spoken to. I have a lot of texts, but you're the first one. Um, and yeah. it's a it's a valuable document. What do you think of the people who won't be able to get it? Those that just have not been vaccinated. Well, I, obviously I feel sorry for them. No, I mean, I have a sister, like I said, my sister in London, and she's actually against the vaccine. So she, I don't know what she's going to do about travelling and stuff. I know she can get tested and stuff. That's but she it, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, at the moment she's just not with the vaccine. She just thinks it was rushed in too quickly. So she won't so, be getting any, um, well, it wouldn't be, they don't get an EU cert because they're not in the EU but she'd still have to uh, do the PCR test and stuff like that, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yes, definitely. But she's happy to do that as a matter of principle, I suppose, is she? No? Oh, yeah, she is. No, I know a friend of mine as well that um, works in healthcare as well, and she was totally against the vaccination, but she actually had to get it for travel reasons because she's from another country. And she said it's just a lot easier to travel with it than without. Okay, okay. But for you, you know. you've got it. 
and uh, you are going to use it. Definitely, yeah. Where's the first? Um, where's the first place you'd want to go indoors? Um, doesn't really matter to be honest. I think Kirby's probably in Ballinhasty. Is that a good spot? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, they absolutely have beautiful food there. Is that like a gastro pub? Yeah, and um, they have a lovely restaurant there. Like you know, this pub restaurant, but it really is lovely food. Well, get I mean, your get your get your booking in on the twenty third of July, then, why don't you? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Just another note, actually, as you were talking to Michael Collins a while ago, I just wanted to say about, um, you know, the the buses up to Belfast and stuff. I actually am waiting for a hip replacement and the waiting list is two and a half years. Now, I'm out of work with two months. Like, realistically, trying to wait two and a half years, you know, for a hip is just ridiculous. You in pain? Yeah, I'm in pain. I have no cartilage left between the bones. Oh, God, I even get a pain hearing that. That must be awful. So, um, but like, as I said, I'm a healthcare assistant, so I had to give up my job. Um, you know, I'm out on illness benefit, but they expected me to wait two and a half to three years for the hip. Whereas I got onto Michael Collins and I have an appointment on the 26th of this month up in Belfast. And will they do the work on, or is that just an appointment? Oh, they're going to do the hip replacement and all. So I, I should have it done hopefully within a month. Like, Isn't it bizarre that you can have it done within a month across the border, um, but you'd be three yeah. years waiting here? God, Yeah, I think it's just, and I mean, you know, like they're crying out for healthcare assistance and to have to wait for two and a half to three years for a hip replacement is just ridiculous. Like. I know, I know, I know. It is, yeah, so. it is. It's, it's shameful. Yeah, he's a great man, I must say, Michael Collins. <laughs> Fair play, well said. Thanks, Colette. Uh, congratulations. Your digital certificate in the post this morning. No, good morning. Hello, Lee. How are you? I'm good, my man. Let's get through the calls. What are you, what are you wondering? Uh, will they stop us on buses, is it? No, well, you see, I've been listening to it, well, I can't name the radio station, obviously, up in Dublin, but this morning they were saying on the news that in France, you're not allowed to go shopping, or go on buses or nothing, if you don't have the vaccine. Yeah, and he also has said to French public sector workers that they can't go to work unless they're vaccinated. Yeah, so I wonder, will that happen here, know, with the shops, you know, and things like that? There's been no mention of anything like that. Okay. But you'd think that it wouldn't surprise you if they did, is it? I do worry. Like, you know, you know, going to the post office for your pension and stuff because I didn't get the vaccine, you see, and um, buses and stuff and taxis to get around, you know, and, and going to the shops. I mean, I was inside in town there and uh, I asked one of the managers inside in the supermarket and they said that um, we will be left in, but they'll ask everyone at the door whether you got the vaccine or not. We'll us know. They have the details to prove it, but if I went up to the door then, they'll ask you and they say, look, we'll still let you in if it's policy, you know. Somebody in a shop said to you that they will ask customers if they've been vaccinated. Yeah, they said that, that like, if it is come to this now, that they'll be asked at the door, are they vaccinated or not? But I think no, since they all got the results and uh, they want to call it the, uh, as you're on about there now, the... The, the passes, whatever we call them, I'd say now they just show them at the door and walk in. But I said, What about me then? I'm not vaccinated. Well, I said, we'll ask, we'll ask everyone. And if I said to you, Have you vaccinated or not? And I said, No. Well, he said, Once, once you wear a mask on, you're not sick, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll have to wear the mask going in. Well, I wouldn't mind that. I wear a mask all the but time. But don't, now, don't you. No, there'll, be no, there'll be no shop or supermarket or department store or anything like that asking a customer on the door if they've been vaccinated. They won't. But, but they will they ask you that, to wear a mask. Yeah. But that wouldn't trouble me if they asked me. I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about will you be allowed to buy your food and stuff and then going to the GPO and stuff, you know? With a mask on, yes. 
Yeah. Don't worry about those kind of things. You're worrying too much about it. The mask mask isn't going anywhere in the short term. Right. You can be sure of that. But is is there a reason why you've chosen not to get vaccinated? Uh, I, I just don't... I studied. I just. I think they kind of came up with it too quick now. I okay. know. I know. They're after to say the test, but um, I'm just more worried about about the after effects and stuff like that. So I'm not a kind of a healthy guy. Put it that way. I have a lot of um, complaints with my system. You know. Yeah. Okay. So you've, honest, you know? you've opted to step away from it. Yeah. So I kind of. I don't be. I don't go in town. I don't hang around town. Jesus, I've been in the pub for donkeys here. So. I'm very kind of... But isn't that maybe some... I'm not saying this, but some might say that's the reason why you possibly should have got the job. No? Yeah, but you just... It's just that I kind of keep to myself. I was always like, just keep to myself all the time. You know, I was always that way, you know? Yeah, okay. Okay, well, stay safe and don't be worried about that kind of stuff at all. You will... You're all right. You will need the mask of that, you can be sure. Interesting topic. I sent this uh, by text. I'm talking to more and more... This is a taxi driver in the city. He says, I'm talking to more and more people who are saying... They won't work with unvaccinated people. Latest was two painters working on a building site. There were a few other painters who said that they won't be getting the jab and hadn't got the jab. But it's the HSE one is the one to watch. A lot of HSE staff have refused to get it as well. Now with the government bringing in the new law for pubs and restaurants, will the HSE insist on everyone being vaccinated? Interesting, isn't it? Well, what I do know about that is that there is um, there's talks at the moment that people within the healthcare sector who have chosen not to be vaccinated will be um, redeployed. Uh, if, for instance, they were working face to face or working with patients and are unvaccinated going forward, they will be redeployed so that they won't be face to face with with patients. You can't force anybody. Um, I know what the French are saying, but here in this country at this point, nothing could change. You can't force anybody or discriminate them in the workplace because they haven't had a vaccination. That's my understanding of it. I'm open to correction from you guys, if you wish. Uh, sorry, Teresa's on too. Teresa, good morning. Good morning. Okay, we started on passports and, and things like that this morning. Tell me your own situation, your own scenario. Well, I just sent away from my passport. I was under the impression that I was closed, but my passport has been up a year so I sent away for it and my son done it online. And I wasn't seven days waiting for mine, which I was amazed. My neighbour got it. She'd done hers on a Thursday morning and she got it Friday in the post. Like, how efficient is that? Oh, you see, and that's why I want to be very fair to them and balanced about it. You're one of yeah. many who got it within a few days, but others yeah. are weeks and over a month or longer. 40 days. Yeah. I mean, even if you, in normal times before the pandemic, you'd be waiting longer than that, you know? Um, and I mean... I wonder, is it a difference for people renewing a passport or is it, a, is it for people who are applying for a first-time passport? I, I really don't know. But like, I mean, taking the photograph now is a bit of a nightmare, all right? Because, you know, they rejected 20 of them. For <laughs> God's like, What? Yeah, yeah. And you did know, you just, like? Did you have to give twenty different pictures? No, no, no. Well, you had to submit it, like, and then you don't go on further if it's not within the. And did you keep? You did you use the same photograph twenty times? No, no, no. You have to be up against a white wall, and you can't be actually leaning against the wall. You have to be out a bit. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> 
Try and do that. Try, <laughs> you thought it was a f- try and do that with the one or a two-year-old. Try and take oh, their photograph. Sure, listen. My son was doing it for me, and he has an eighteen-month-old little girl. Now I must say she was very good because I was losing the will to live. <laughs> I was saying, "What? Leave it? I leave it? I'm going nowhere." <laughs> You know? Oh my God! But, uh, you could be, be, day, you could be days clung up against the white wall. I know. I had nightmares about white walls, <laughs> and not alone that. Then I had to change my address as well, which, you know, in itself is a nightmare. Oh, actually, that's very interesting. Change of address. Yeah. I saw a text as well from somebody whose maiden name is on her passport and married name is on her digital cert. Oh my God! Uh, well, I mean, it was, it was that was straightforward. I was amazed at that. Now you do have to go into your PPS number and things that you normally wouldn't do when you're applying for a passport. But I mean, other than the photograph, no, it was plain sailing. Well, you got there in the end and it I all happened in a number of days. I, wasn't, I really wasn't seven days. I was amazed. All right. You'd imagine, oh, I was on an emergency list to go somewhere. I was going nowhere. But I still wanted my passport just in case. I know, you lost the will to live with the photograph. Thanks, Teresa. It made me laugh. Okay, thank you. Bye. Cheers. Have a nice day. Uh, thank bye you. Bye. Um, another person says by text We were three days trying to take the photograph. In the end, we went to Victor Horgan, photographer in Balancholic, to get the passport picture done professionally uh, for one year old child. I mean, think about trying to get a one year old child. Um, yeah. Like, you, you, your arm would be in the photograph, wouldn't it? The child's photograph? Like, around the child's waist or something? Um, like, how, how would you do it? Like, throw them up in the air, I suppose. Well, that and as they're coming down, <laughs> snap the child. That was me, actually. Three was days we you? were trying to take a picture of a mirror. I said I'd write it up for you. My God, it's hilarious. I'd say I have about 4,220 photographs of her. Were they all her. rejected? Everything was rejected. I had her on the floor on a white blanket. Al- Alberto had her raised up on the fireplace Photoshoot. so that you, you couldn't see her lay or, or his hands. Loads. Of, oh, you've no idea what we didn't do. So we ended up going to Victor Horgan, yeah, for 10 or 15 euro or something. He did it. And how did he manage to do it? We went properly. down. He put her on a stool next to me, right? A kind of a high stool or whatever. She sat there and I swear to God, it was as if she was posing. She may as well have put her hand under her chin. And why and didn't she do pose. it for Mammy and Daddy? Immediately. He took three photographs, <laughs> all of which were perfect. Did he Did he talk to her or Google? He had a little giggle? teddy all right up over his um, Ah, I see. He's camera. got the tricks. Ah, but sure, we tried that. We did everything, everything. Oh, ah. God, I'd say people are having fierce crack trying to get the photograph. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. What do you think of the idea of throwing the child up in the air and photographing the child on the way down? Probably not advisable. Well, it's a white ceiling. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Will, good morning. Morning, Ian, how are you doing? Okay, you haven't been listening for a while, for months, and now you've come back and you're, you don't like the atmosphere I'm creating, is it? Forgive me. You're, you're not exactly challenging anything that's been said, are you? You're not, you know, thinking for yourself. Okay, well, help me in that regard. What, what exactly, that I'm normalising what we're going through, is it, and certificates and yeah, vaccines? I hate to say it because it sounds a bit conspiracy, and I'm not that way, but it just, it's, it's very... You know, dictatorship-wise. Like, we don't know what's going on in the government. We don't know why any of this is happening. And I, it, it sounds mad even having to say that. But, like, I'm 27, right? Yeah. I'm not going to get vaccinated. I never will. But I, I don't judge people who do. Fair enough, it's your own choice. You know, my missus is vaccinated, my father is vaccinated. That's perfectly fine. But I'll never get it because it's, it's, it was never tested. A, a vaccine takes two years to try it. And you, anyone who's in pharmacy will tell you that. It, COVID hasn't been here two years. 
you know, how, how was our vaccine eight months ago? And you think it would take longer than this period of time to show up problems with it on a grand scale kind of thing that we could 100%. be paying? Like the media playing down all the people who died the day after taking the vaccine in their 20s. All the people? Was there a lot? Well, I've heard of between five and ten, and that's just on Facebook, you know. Uh, yeah, you see, that's the problem, isn't it? Social media, you don't know what's true yeah, and what isn't. Which they've banned in Italy, they've banned in other places to give to under turkeys, and the day after they banned it, they gave it to my missus. Yeah, and I heard this morning that the Americans don't recognise AstraZeneca either. So that's another issue, isn't it, as to why they don't? My was in bed for three days, couldn't move. I was genuinely scared. I have to admit, I was the same, actually. I got absolutely battered after the first dose of it. God help us, if it's something that happened to her, I wouldn't arrest it until God knows when, you know? Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you haven't you haven't been listening for a number of months, you say, but but I have been dealing with these issues, and I'm trying to get as much yeah. balance. Right, you know, I mean, th- been asking the question as to whether it's discriminatory now against those who did what they were told and stayed safe and didn't get COVID that they're being left behind. That everything the government is doing is right, you know. What? That everyone who believes the government is doing right is the people that said they're being discriminated against, that they're being put at risk by us people. You know, us people as in, as if we're a different race or something, you know. And do you think that people have been brainwashed by the last 15 or 16 months now? 100%. Even I was at one point because I was in England working for the NHS and I took everything as serious as I possibly could because I thought I was doing right, you know. And it just got fired back in my face. So... So you're not going to get vaccinated, so you won't have a digital certificate and you'll have no. your movements restricted because of that? I won't. I won't have that restricted. How? What? There's plenty of loopholes out there, you know? Well, give me give me a few of them. What are they? I can go out there tomorrow and get the boat search if I wanted if I pay 100 quid or so, you know? Yeah, but that's fine for a physical look at it. But if they scan it with a QR reader, it'll be rejected. I drive everywhere I go, so I'm not even going across the borders. I go through the north when I'm going to England. Yeah, but are you um, okay? So you wouldn't you would go through the north if you wanted to fly. But say, for instance, a, a pub indoors or a restaurant indoors and things like that. Well, I haven't drank in about a year and a half, ish, so I don't really drink. But I would like to drink for a meal. I didn't on this, obviously. Yeah, and. I get where you're going. I do get where you're going, but I won't be doing it. Do you think you know? the media? Do you think the media was bribed? I don't know. Are they bribed or brainwashed or paid or God only knows. We don't know what's going on in the world. No one does. Only the really high up people, you know. And I know that sounds insane. It's like I've been watching too many movies or whatever. But you know, if you have a think about it, do a bit of research, you know. You might actually find something out and find something out for yourself rather than what you're told on the news. No, Al, I do try as best I can. But your your text says that Neil doesn't contradict enough. It's as if you're being bribed to spread propaganda and it's appalling. Um, yeah, it is though because you're not like everything. No, no, I, I, I just wanted to say I, I just wanted it. I just want you to rest assured that I haven't been bribed or paid any money. In fact, in fact, the opposite. I, I, but even if you were, you wouldn't say. And well, I can't believe that, but like I would say, hang on a second. I would say I took a twenty percent pay cut um, sixteen months ago. That's not every radio DJ in the country did. I'm not but, no, but that's not being. Of course, others did. I'm not the only person. I'm just saying, with regards to you saying in the text that it's as if I've been bribed. 
that's not being bribed, surely, is it? Taking a pay cut? No, I didn't. Taking it mightn't have, that mightn't have been the way you were bribed. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't think that's anyone logical would say it like that. You know, if put it this way, if you you lost twenty percent of your wage, where where do you make that up? With a bribe, I'm is it? Have, I'm not saying you have, but there are people out there in the world that will. You know. Okay. Okay. So will it, ca- will it cause a rift now between yourself and your missus if she wants to fly or if she wants to go in for a meal? Huh? She can go do what she wants to go and do. I don't own her. Okay. No, I'm just wondering whether it would be nice if you both be able to do things together, no? Well, yeah, but we, we spend a lot of time out in the water and stuff. You know, we don't really go out in massive groups of people and all that. I got you. I got you. Okay, it's not a great line, but I think we got there in the end. Thanks so much, Will. Nice to talk to you no, on the air. Appreciate it. Cheers, you too. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. And you can text 0868104106. Joe standing by. First up, Geraldine. Good morning. Hi, Neil. It's Geraldine here again from West Cork here in Shepparton. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You, Your problem with the passport goes back how long? Uh, four and a half months, Neil. I was the lady that was on That's last right. week. I just wanted to close the loop. Yep. I just wanted to close the loop on that one, Neil, because I just was listening to you there. But it wasn't actually two months. It was four and a half months I've been waiting. But I think just... All of March, all of April, situation. all of May, all of June. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Now, good news, I have received it, so I'm, de- I'm delighted. But the thing is that I think it's more the older, it's about the 4,500 that went in initially, Neil, seems to be where, the, the, where it's being stuck. And that lady that was on earlier, anybody who applies in, in recent days, there doesn't seem to be an issue at all, because even my sister, you know, there, there isn't an issue with anything recent, but it's anything that went in, for argument's sake, I suppose March, April, that's where the, the bottleneck seems to be. That, that that would make sense then, why I'm getting texts from people who said they did all the business online and they got the passport the same week. Yeah. Correct. That's yeah. recent. Okay? Re- no, but they are. They would be They would be the recent ones you're saying, whereas... Correct. I mean... Anything, anything that's been processed in seven days and ten days, all of those I can I can imagine are all recent because that's, that's what I've been told. But ironically, you know, when all of this was escalated by, again, Michael Collins and his team and, and myself as well... I suddenly started getting calls. <laughs> I got two calls last week from the passport office. I got a number of emails. Um, oh, it's being issued, it's being issued, it's being issued. So, you know, the same photograph was used from day one, mm. from, from, from March. So there's been no change. It was taken professionally. So it really is a bottleneck on, on anything that's been in there for, you know, for, for a few months now, but not anything recent. They, so did, anything the, recent did the passport office that. actually tell you that? The passport office didn't tell me this. No, no. So how do you make that conclusion then? Um, I found it out from my, 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 from my, from Michael himself. Michael said it's the ones that go back mm-hmm. three or four months that are being delayed. Correct. All right. Correct. Well, that's, that's where the delay has been. That's, yeah, because again, yeah. this was brought up quite at a high level on his side, thankfully. Um, you know, with the government and it went back into the... Well, there's another example of people so. all doing the right thing, you know? A lot of people exactly. are being discriminated I mean, against you know, now I mean, for not getting... Like, people are being discriminated for not getting COVID and now they're being mm-hmm. discriminated against for applying for a passport with lots of time. Correct, which, you know, again, and my point, Neil, last week was very much about, you know, please do not disable the chat because that means people don't have a voice. 
and you know apart from all of this your last listener I just want to comment on that your last um, the, the last gentleman that spoke you know it is very important I think for each of us to make a personal choice you know I mean whatever you know if you want to take a vaccine or you don't you know it is a personal choice at the end of the day and if you do want to travel you do you know you, you, you literally take an antigen test which is safe <laughs> you know okay you know if you don't want if, if restaurants have their own regulations etc but just because you don't take a vaccine doesn't mean you know you're permitted not to travel you know you respect the local you know laws within for example you can travel but <clears throat> you can travel for sure you can but it comes with headaches like yeah yeah. It comes with headaches, but I mean, people need to make, people need to have, you know, need to ask the right questions, Neil, and people need to make an informed decision. And I think that is really, really important. Um, so, you know, I think overall, you know, with the passport thing, we are trying to do the right thing, but, you know, people need need to, need to have a voice, okay? So please, the chat should not be disabled. And people, if they're doing the right thing, you know, your passport, it should be issued. There shouldn't be all this run around with photographs being incorrect when they weren't incorrect. So, you know, you know... Some people are suggesting they're doing that intentionally. I don't know whether to slow down the amount of well, people Well, I can't traveling. comment on and I wouldn't yeah. be It wouldn't be right of me to comment on that, Neil. But, I mean, my point is that, I mean, we just have to ensure that we're, we're making, you know, speaking up, making informed decisions and at the end of the day choosing what's right for ourselves based on our own, okay. our own human... Good stuff. Delighted for you. Much obliged. Thank you, Geraldine. Have a good day. Joe, you wanted to pick up on something Will said there about not ever wanting to be vaccinated and people being brainwashed. You're not getting a vaccine, no? No, I'm not, Neil. No. And also, to be honest with you, uh, I I partly guess myself that this would happen um, before the the Pfizer vaccine was ever even mentioned on on, on the news last year. Uh, I said to myself, you know, more than likely a vaccine will come out of vaccines because there's a lot of them there now and we'll be forced eventually to to take it and by that I mean you know just kind of a gun put to your head if you like you know you can't go in here or you can't go in there I mean I was in a hotel last week um, Niall for two nights I could eat inside but yet when I came out I could not go into a restaurant and I, I, I think it's crazy I mean freedom of choice I mean I think we're heading down the road to a lot of dangerous authoritarian sort of as a society and you you know what happened like in like what they were saying about france this morning i heard it on the news myself um about not being able to go into supermarkets yeah france has got a hell of a lot tougher now um I, i had i just referenced that with regards to all healthcare workers have to have the coronavirus vaccine have to it's not they'll be redeployed to other jobs they have to have it by September 15th. Um, now he's saying, Macron is saying, that uh, the COVID-19 passes will be needed, obviously, to go into a restaurant, but also to go into a shopping centre, any public places, um, for instance, anybody that's going on public transport, things like that, going into a cinema, um, a theatre, a museum, a theme yeah. park, a cultural centre, they will all need um, the same COVID health pass to get into these places. So they have turned up the heat very much, haven't they? That's crazy. I mean, I, I, I think that's heading towards a very authoritarian society. I mean, I, I was in hospital twice uh, over the last 12 months. I was in for gout on my knee, which is a painful condition, but, you know, it was sorted out. Mm. But I was tested naturally for the, the COVID first and came out negative twice. And I say, I'd say if I was tested again, I'd be still negative. I didn't even get a call during the winter. And why should I be discriminated against or anybody else like me? Because I, I don't want to get a vaccine. I mean, that, that's, that's forcing a person to get it. 
I, but I what way are you for? But in what way are you actually forced? I mean, you might have. Well, it's like saying you 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 don't have to get the vaccine, but. You're not allowed in here. Oh, you're not yeah, allowed in yeah, here. Yeah. I, I think that's 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 the same thing. It's just subtly, you're being subtly forced. I mean, quite a lot of younger people, and I, I as I said, it's not my business. I mean, anybody that wants to get the vaccine, that's their choice because they believe in freedom of choice. A lot of young people are lining up to get the vaccine because they know they won't be probably left into nightclubs or whatever, or, or restaurants. And it's the same thing. It's subtle, it's subtle coercion, if you like. I, but you, I, know, but I, you I, never I, failed to I address that it's a, you've never failed to address that they say it's in the interest of the common good and keeping people healthy and not overstretching the health system and that there's a wave on the way and you don't want ICUs and hospital beds overrun. Well, to be honest, Niall, before we ever heard of COVID, the hospitals were in a right state with trolleys all over the place. And, you know, I, I think you could go back to the, the old Eastern Bloc when you mentioned the common good. With communism, it was a common good as well. You know? yeah, yeah. How do you think it would play out here if they said vaccination was mandatory for all healthcare workers? Because in France, they've said if you don't get vaccinated and you work in healthcare, you will be fined. <laughs> That's pretty um, heavy handed, isn't it? It is very heavy handed, yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier, uh, this is going on the road to authoritarianism. I, I was always very suspicious about this anyway. I, mean, I think there's two words I would use is brainwash actually is, is one of them, an obsession. I mean, how many people, like my own wife died of cancer three and a half years ago. Sorry to hear that. And this, this lockdown was a bloody curse because you can imagine I'm living on my own now. And there's about 13,000 people have died from cancer since this pandemic started. And I mean, there's about 5,000 and other have died from the the COVID, and not that any, you know, any every death is, is, is a sad loss for anyone, any family or whatever. But I mean, I think the eyes off the ball. To me, it's like looking at a dartboard and everybody's looking at the bullseye. We've been totally brainwashed and it's total concentration on the one thing all the time. I, I think that's a very interesting point. I was thinking about that at the weekend. You have many, many, many thousands of people, say, for instance, who die of heart disease, for instance, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but yet, but yet, we don't control people's cholesterol mandatorily. We don't control the food that they eat, or you know, the um, yeah. the the amount of um, calories that they intake. You know, how they damage their bodies in other ways that could lead to their death. I suppose they don't really, because heart disease isn't contagious. You know. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, some some years, as you know, well, Niall, you, you get very bad flus. I mean, a flattening flu, as they used to call it before, you, know, you get a really bad flu. They don't lock down the country or force vaccines on people. Okay, I'm so, very suspicious of this whole thing, to be honest, because okay. I think Pfizer probably made about six weeks ago. Anyway, I think it was mentioned they made about so far a profit of fifteen billion. And I think the more money they make, the more money they want. I mean, that's that's part of the business. I mean, it's very interesting to go into the history of the pharmaceuticals, actually, and how they started and got control of the medical schools as well back in the early part of the twentieth century. Mm. So, I mean, you're not going to bite right. the hand of Fiji as well. Did you find it very lonely? Did you find it very lonely then? Did you find it very lonely then the last 16, 18 months? It was extremely difficult now because I'm from the city, you know, like yourself, but I'm living down in West Cork for the last 12 years now and my wife is buried in St. Michael's in Mahan and there was a time there, as you know, we had, we had severe lockdown level five when you could not travel. Mm. Uh, you couldn't get on a bus, you know, five kilometres is only, as you know, a stone throw away. Yeah. 
And I used to go to the grave almost maybe four or five times a week, you know. And whereas when that came about, I couldn't get up at all. I had to get my own brother who's in the city, not too far away from the the cemetery. He used to look after his family and put, you know, flowers and whatever. Yeah. And it was heartbreaking, to be honest with you. And at times it made me very angry. I, yeah. I, I said, you know, this is like something you'd see all the day. Matter of fact, talking to a friend of mine, Last week, uh, I, I was up in the, in town, as we call it, up in the city, mm. uh, la- last week, and I met him, we had no cup of coffee and a sandwich, and he was telling me that um, a friend of his that travelled through Eastern Europe when, when the Berlin Wall was up, of course, um, he said he found it more difficult coming from England over here, because he's living in England, you see. He said he had more problems coming through and getting over here. Than he, than he had going around Eastern Europe than, in the old days. Than Checkpoint Charlie, like. Oh, yeah. I mean, going through the different countries and the various countries that were in the Eastern Bloc at the yeah, time, he said yeah. he had more, he, it was easier to travel throughout Eastern Europe. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you see, the thing is that I, I've heard an expression lately by some professor on Sky News about a week ago or two weeks ago now, I think, when he was saying that the danger is, he said, that the abnormal becomes normal. We're slowly... Uh, yeah, and, I, I've been, and also, I've been probably rightly criticised this morning by those that are saying, why are you bigging up and congratulating people for getting a vaccine certificate? That's not what this is about. This is about discrimination, uh, inequality, dividing communities, yeah. asking way too many questions that are nobody's business in a democracy. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, yeah. it's, it's, I, I think the whole thing is very undemocratic. I mean... I don't know about America I, I, at the moment, uh, the way things are over there, but I, I don't think they, they would put up too much of that, you know, the freedom of choice and the freedom to, to assemble and the freedom to make up your own mind about things. I, I think they'd be stickers for that, you know. I, I think we're too quiet anyway. But I just see it's fear again. I mean, fear, I think somebody, I know it was a Richard Nixon or somebody said years ago, people will always respond to fear, not love. You see, they will respond to fear straight away. If there's a threat of anything, you remember the Iraq war night, I mean, it was constantly on the news. Then it went off the news and it was on to something else. The same way we have this constant thing for the last 16 months of COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, it's a good analogy to make with regards to the Iraq war because we all saw the the news footage. Everybody was watching it on Sky, all of the different uh, issues there. And it all had to do with weapons of mass destruction. But yet tens of thousands of innocent Iraqis were blown to bits, many of them children, and there were no weapons of mass destruction. But politicians told us there were and they lied. Well, well, this is it. I mean, I know myself, I've researched a lot into drug companies over the years and not just drug companies but you know I've seen a documentary about OxyContin recently and, and um, fentanyl and the corruption I mean some people think you know when somebody makes a statement from the FDA or the EMA oh sure you know it's the honest to God truth but you go behind the scenes and you see politicians in America taking well as they say brown envelopes or backhanders call it what you want from drug companies to fund their campaigns. Well, There's a lot uh, yeah, more than, than meets the eye. You know something? That's yeah. another topic for another day. You're actually moving into the area of lobbying, which is a very grey area with politicians and their own personal financial interests and things that they're bringing before debates, whether it's a doll, parliament, the Senate or Congress. Yeah. Listen, uh, we... powerful companies, Ned. Yeah. Powerful companies. Okay, all right. Listen, you know? Joe, thanks for taking the call. Cheers, my man. Stay Thank listening. Much, Take Dave. care. Thank Back you. after the break, actually, with a topic that isn't too far, really, from 
people's rights, referring to a 66-year-old grandmother down west who's been jailed for 90 days for refusing to wear masks in shops. More on that in a minute. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. It wasn't her first time before the courts for these issues, but Margaret Buttermer from uh, Bandon found herself at Bandon District Court yesterday where she was given a 90-day jail sentence. She was given an opportunity to appeal it and said that she would not be appealing it. The judge, James McNulty, said that was her right. It all had to do with not wearing masks in super value, in Aldi, in Boots and in Duns. Uh, Barry Roach was in court and joins me from the Irish Times. Morning, Barry. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Margaret I'm good. Butmer, she's from St. Vincent's Road in Bandon. Uh, she was convicted previously of two counts of refusing to wear a mask at um, Boots and Aldi in Bandon on May the 12th and 14th. She's back in court yesterday for further charges relating to the same offence which is in breach, Emmett Daly, the inspector explained that it was in breach of uh, recent legislation aimed at preventing, limiting, minimising or slowing the spread of COVID and she was accused of of breaching that by failing to wear or refusing to wear a mask at uh, super value on two occasions, June the 25th and May the 1st. We heard evidence from uh, Super Value Manager Alan Owens that she refused to wear a mask when asked to do so on each occasion and that they offered her a mask. Uh, staff did, but she refused. And then we heard from Garda Teresa Lyons and Garda Ellen Crowley uh, who arrested on separate occasions that she also refused to wear a mask when they asked her to do so. Uh, they said she was polite and relaxed. Essentially, it comes down to Judge McNulty then having to impose a sentence and he said the case was about rights and duties and uh, Margaret Buttermore had rights and entitlements including a right to dissent, a right to express her dissent and also a right to protest subject to public health guidelines. Margaret Buttermore, he said, is entitled to wear a mask at home or outdoors but like every other citizen she's required by law to wear a mask when she enters the shop or other public indoor space and because of the risk of world spread her rights and freedoms have all been curtailed to varying degrees. He said there were national emergencies such as a pandemic threatens to overwhelm health services, rights may be restricted and he uh, gave the example of the right to private property in the constitution that actually he said is subject to um, an article which uh, limits it with a view to reconciling their exercise with the exigencies of the common good. He said that like every other citizen she had duties and obligations and one of those obligations was to respect the rights of others and he said unfortunately and regrettably Margaret Buttermore has failed in her duty to take basic care for the protection of the health and safety of fellow citizens she's breached the regulations lawfully made for the preservation of public health of all citizens and in this regard she's broken the law. He said she had shown so profound disrespect for all those who have lost their businesses and employment as well as those who had lost their lives and loved ones or who had suffered health impairment or had to put their lives on hold. And then he said locally she's disregarded the rights to health and safety of those who work in frontline retail from the store manager to the checkout bar girl. She's been respectful, disrespectful to other compliant shoppers who may be vulnerable or maybe the carers of vulnerable children or elderly relatives. Essentially he came down then to a sentence and he sentenced her to 30 days imprisonment for the breach of the COVID regulations and super value on June the 25th and then 60 days consecutive for the second breach on July the 1st which happened when she was in bail for earlier offences in May so effectively she's been given 30 uh, sorry 90 days which is uh, just over three months and um, he said recognizance in the event of her appealing but her solicitor Plunkett said I should say as well that he received a medical report a psychiatric report from Plunkett but he said that wasn't conclusive uh, and in the absence of that he wasn't going to engage in sympathetic speculation as to the cause of her Offending, but Mr. Taft checked with her, um, Margaret Buttermore, and she said she.
she would be appealing. She would not be appealing yeah, okay. the sentence. What, and what, that prompted what, Judge Michael to say that he was sorry to hear that, but that was her decision and that was her reason. What defence did she put up or did Plunkett put up? She didn't, in effect, she, she said she had no recollection of the previous, she had no recollection of pleading guilty to the previous two in Boone Sedaldi, but uh, she remembers being in soup failure. She didn't, but on previous occasions, uh, there was another offence back in Clannan Guilty in February. Uh, we heard that she said to Gardy when they were, I think, arrested on that occasion that she answered only to God. Yeah. And um, Plunkett have said that on the previous occasion as well, that she was a person of deep religious faith who believed she was only answerable to God. Um, she didn't seem... Um, hugely phased by yesterday. She seemed very relaxed through but, the whole thing. But what it means is she's off to Limerick Jail, isn't she? She's off to Limerick, off to Limerick Jail yesterday for uh, 13 weeks, effectively, almost. Uh, a day short of 13 weeks. So, with remission, I suppose you're still looking at a, a substantial time. And I mean, as I'm not sure what the judge was, Plunkett have said she reached 66 without ever con- uh, incurring any criminal conviction of any Coin. So, I mean, she's not a woman of a, of a criminal disposition. It's just the sole issue of wearing masks. So, uh, it wouldn't have been an option COVID. just to fine her, no? Well, he, the previous judge, uh, Colm Roberts, had fined her for the um, the one in Clannacilty in February right. and got a suspended sentence. But then she'd gone out again and gone into the supermarkets without the mask. Judge McNulty said that her previous behaviour had sort of disqualified her. Um, from another fine? From, from the well, chance of community service, really, was what he was thinking. But he said, no, he had to impose a jail term. So Is this the first, do we know, of other jail time given for people in Ireland for not wearing a mask? I think I've read that there have been, but there's okay. nothing as substantial as this. But, I mean, he was quite sort of... Um, cogent in his argument about rights and responsibilities. And no, and you went through that, I understand, yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, it's just... But it, uh, it seems that 90 days seems, you know, it's, it's, it's a substantial sentence. It know? certainly is. The only upside to that is she probably won't even spend a night in Limerick because there's a rotating door down there. There's no places. It's pretty crowded, yeah. I mean, there was a case in circuit court there recently of a woman, um, a separate case of course, obviously entirely, but uh, she got a sentence for fraud and I think she spent very little time there, you know, yeah, so yeah. prisons are pretty full, but 90 days. Um, but she didn't seem upset or phased by it all she seemed very relaxed and that was the evidence of the, the two guards as well when they were arresting her uh, um, Priscilla Lyons and Ellen Crowley that she was very polite and very relaxed during the whole two arrests you know which you know isn't uh, something that I presume she had any experience of before ok alright let's see what the public think of this we'll open the phone lines on it thank you Barry that was before the court yesterday Barry Road Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times 66 year old grandmother 90 days for scant regard for the safety of others refusing to wear a mask as I say things are so bad in Limerick Jail I don't believe that she'll serve anything like that but jail is where she's gone to now. Your thoughts, text 0868104106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show They talk about people and the Irish Times are quoting this morning that people caught using fake passes to access indoor hospitality will face a fine of up to two grand I mean that's going to be chaos who's going to call the guards I mean who's going to like you have guards going in taking people's names and addresses because they got a forged pass I mean there obviously will be people taking photocolor photocopies of other people's uh, COVID passes because for a time there won't be any QR code they will just be visually looking at it on doors. So that's going to cause chaos as well. Um, there are those also, even within the doll, who believe that even doing this alone is reckless 
and that the uh, the accusations, I think Paul Murphy is saying this morning, uh, that um, it's, it's reckless in the extreme. And the only reason the government are doing this COVID pass to be used to get into pubs and restaurants is because of pressure from the private sector, from the hospitality industry and what have you, and that they're uh, caving in to uh, commercial pressure, I suppose. But this is where we find ourselves. Uh, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. It is a disgrace, Neil, that woman has gone to Limerick Prison. I'm a bus driver and the travelling community are constantly getting on the buses without masks, constantly sitting down in places like Hillbillies and Maham Point, eating and refusing to leave. The security can't lay a finger on them. And when the guards are called, it's all laughter and fist pumps. Don't make me laugh. And that's with regards to uh, Mrs. Buttermer, who's gone to uh, Limerick Jail for uh, 60 days. Uh, What's that woman trying to do? Uh, She would want to cop on. Who wants to wear masks? But we have to. We have no choice at the moment. She should have more sense at her age rather than ending up in jail. I certainly won't, wouldn't want to be uh, going to jail for something like that, says Marie from Clan. Uh, one here, uh, I was in a bar restaurant in Glanmire at the weekend. Three of the staff, none of them wearing face masks. So I decided to go to the bathroom not wearing mine in slight protest to see would something be said to me. Nothing was said. Uh, can't come here at work with my face mask on. Uh, Morning, the point in only allowing vaccinated people to dine indoors is surely pretty obvious in trying to suppress the virus and open society again. The anti-vaxxers want it every way. Um, If they want it every way, that's their business, but there is a thing called karma. Morning, I'm waiting on my three-year-old's passport since the 7th of April. His twin sister's got hers two, his twin sister got hers two weeks after I applied. I'm still waiting on my son uh, and his passport. So you see how it is? Hugely frustrating for people. Um, You remember yesterday, I spoke to the popular Cork taxi driver, Bobby Lynch, about the trauma he's been through in the last few weeks after having his foot amputated. Um, and it all happened so really, really fast. He had no time really to think about this. Some, some would suggest that that was a good thing if it needed to happen. The less notice you had, the better, because you'd be worried about it and you'd be distressed about it. And I mean, it did get him down, actually. And, you know, mentally, it's a, it's a dreadful thing to happen. You have to deal with that and process that psychologically as well as everything else. Anyway, his foot from uh, round about just below the knee has now been amputated. Uh, but we have a GoFundMe on the Red FM Facebook. It's on the Red FM Twitter page. And at the moment now, it stands at €4,000. So thanks to everybody that already has given some money. You can support uh, Bobby Lynch's recoveries to adapt the house as best they can. Uh, also to uh, you know help with him with regards to ultimately getting back to getting back to work. He hopes to be fitted. It's too soon. There has to be a waiting period after an amputation before you can measure it and be fitted for a prosthesis, a, a leg, if you like. So that's a period of time. So we want to help with all of that as well. So if you want to support his recovery, uh, on the there's a GoFundMe. You can also find it on GoFundMe. You'll be looking for the Bobby Lynch GoFundMe page. Um, but it's also up on our Twitter and Facebook. And if you can help at all, that would be terrific. Um, there's a target of, t- of 20 grand. I don't know how close we'll get to it, but just remind you again that it's up and running if you would like to contribute. For many years, he's been helping others, and it's our way of helping him in return. You know, we heard about <coughs> all of the hacking and the hacking of the HSE and all of the chaos that that caused, and then all of the scam phone calls that people are getting. You're now getting them from 021 numbers, 01 numbers, 086s, 085s, 083s. They're telling you you're going to be arrested 
or there's been a suspicious activity, you know, all that kind of nonsense. None of that has gone away and it's only getting worse. And they're saying that really, we're just going to have to live with it. But what's also happening is that there are Russian gangs now, literally taking over people's Instagram pages, Facebook pages, particularly if they're business accounts, small business accounts, and extorting money from them as well. Charlene started up a company, and I know the company because we were giving her shout-outs there over the past year or so. It's called Box of Kindness, and she set it up 12 months ago. What a first anniversary she's had. Charlene, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Very well. And you have 14,000 people following your business on Instagram. I had. It, it was your means of conducting business. What happened? Um, it's, to be honest, I think anyone listening this morning will know how upsetting it is for a business that's not a year old. We, we're a year old on the 25th of July, which was so exciting, Neil, because the amount of support we've had in this last year, like, I, I can't comprehend. It has been nothing but positive because people just absolutely love the ethos of our company and the name of our company. Where and people can literally we, send a friend or a loved one or whomever a box you know, full um, of kindness. A box of kindness can go anywhere, Neil, you know that, you know, um, to, or to anyone. Um and I was in Dingle for the weekend. It actually was my first vacation since Box of Kindness because even though I have huge support um, with the company, you know, as it's my company, you know, it's nothing but it, 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 it. obviously you have to put blood, sweat and tears to grow this following and to get your name out there and, you know, for um, mm. obviously people to buy and come back and buy, which is the main thing. Um, and I woke up yesterday morning in Dingle, um, ready to go home. And my, I had a few messages on Facebook from, um, followers and my group WhatsApp saying, who's King Sanchez? Because my page box of kindness had been taken over by this Russian gang. Um, no, Obviously, I'm not taking this from the sky. I had spoke to um, a really, really nice guy, Rona Murphy from Smartech, that would know a lot more. Um, yeah, joins me by phone, incidentally. Morning, yeah. Rona, and I'll yeah, come yeah. to you in a minute. Yeah. Um, and basically, they had um, hacked my Instagram and deleted everything and are still floating around Instagram. So if I can do anything today, people need to be wary that King Sanchez is essentially a box of kindness, you know, as yeah. in they've taken over it. I'm looking at it. I'm um, looking at it here because I had uh, I had your Instagram. You follow me on, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't so, say. I, I click on box of kindness and comes up. It comes up as King Sanchez X. It's got all of this yeah. Russian stuff on it. Yeah. So basically, um, they're you know saying. Um, come to me with a business you want to hack or delete and we'll do it. Like absolutely crazy behaviour. And to be honest, Neil, if I can get this across to people that run businesses, like 80% of my business is, and like coming to my website, or obviously we work brilliantly on referring now, thankfully, but like a lot comes from Instagram. People, okay. like, you know, they buy and okay. so... So what, what what happened overnight now where this has moved on to um, 
money. So, yeah, yeah. So when I spoke to Ronan yesterday, I innocently thought that Ronan, you know, tech king, <laughs> no pun intended, tech king could, like, you know, retrieve my page and all will be fine. That's been honest, right? So that wasn't the case. He, he was able to get in touch with... Um, okay, I'll bring him in at this point, shall I, Ronan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I knew. Okay, well, so what did you do or what did you in, in, uh, endeavour to do? Yeah, so look, first and foremost, social media account takeovers are becoming uh, an increasingly common occurrence. And I mean, they're affecting a lot of high profile you know, politicians and celebrities and high profile brands. But unfortunately, it's trickling down now. It's affecting individuals and it's affecting small business. And it's it's really it's heartbreaking, to be honest, because if you see, you know, as, as Charlene said, blood, sweat and tears she puts into building that type of. Well, why would you go after somebody with 14,000? Why wouldn't you go after a blogger or an influencer with? Half a million or a quarter of a million. They do that as well. I mean, they're different tiers, right? So there are different people who will go after different users. And I mean, it's a a commercial uh, endeavor by these guys at the end of the day. So they're trying to extort money from Charlene to basically give her account back. And how how did that come across? We'll give give us 10 grand and we'll give it back to you. How did that happen? Well, I, I reached out to them and I said, look, what's what's the story? You know, um, we want to get the account back. And obviously they pick a number out of the sky. In, in this case, based on the number of followers, it was 10,000. I said, look, not a hope. Um, and they dropped the price, dropped the price, dropped the price. And they said, look, we have a buyer for the for the, for the site, which I mean, I don't I don't give that any credence, but we have a buyer for the site for a thousand. So I said, look. Uh, would you give us it back for a thousand? And they said we would. But the question is, if they give it back or not, you never know. You know, you could make a payment, and they could very easily just not give it back to you. So you're negotiating with terrorists at the end of the day. So can she just set up a mirror account um, and import all of the followers? No, no, it's gone. The account is deleted, right? So what they've done is they've deleted the. The username, the um, the associated telephone number, all of the the, the details. Good God. You would imagine. I mean, it's it's really really bad practice by Facebook and by Instagram and by these social media companies. Facebook is Instagram. Yeah, correct. It's it, it's shocking that. I mean, you can't contact Facebook or Instagram and say, "Look, I've been hacked," and get my site back. But. I mean, I was, I was looking at some of the numbers of the scale of this problem and I kind of understand why they don't. There's literally tens of thousands of these happening every single day. And you can imagine if you're a, a Facebook or an Instagram, by the way, I think they do a terrible job there. But if you were one of those companies just trying to moderate this and understand who's who in this equation, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. It seems an awful lot more sense that these hackers would go after um, individuals rather than trying to extort 20, 30 million from the HSE, which incidentally they never got, did they? They, they never got it, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so it, 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 it's, a, it's a volume play, right? If you can, if you can hack, you know, th- that guy was, was, was telling me when I was uh, speaking with him that he was going to do another 50, 50 accounts yesterday. Did you actually speak or was this emails back and forth? Uh, WhatsApp. Yeah, we spoke on WhatsApp. 50 other Instagram accounts in Ireland, is it, or what? No, it's internationally. He doesn't even, he doesn't even know where we're based. I think he, he thought we were based in France first. Are they making money? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are paying. Will Charlene pay? Will you pay a grand, Charlene? I will not pay one cent. 
Um, I, to be honest, Neil, I mean, like, you know, think of the hey, you see, like, I, I, I will try my best to build my following up. The support I've got within 24 hours Thank you so much to everyone. I mean that like it's... This would be a business no, like, expense though, would it not? That maybe if you paid it, you would hopefully... But the thing is, Neil, like, you know, they will, it's like a gravy train. They, like, they want more money then. How could you start from 10k and right down to 1k? Do they like, tend to is, latch on to people like that, Ronan, and come back again as like a blackmailer? Yeah, I, they do, Neil, I unfortunately. Do I mean, this is fraught with risk, right? You pay the money, and look, there's, there's, there's ethical questions about paying these guys money as well, right? You're you're basically funding them to go on and do it to other small businesses and individuals, no way, and so forth, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's a very it's a very brave um, and honourable stance that Charlene is taking here to to rebuild from the ground up, you know. Um, and it's something you really do have to admire. I think, to be honest, the pay is is, is the easy way out, you know. Can, okay, okay, just because this is a very important question: Can people protect? their own social media accounts and platforms and businesses against this ever happening in the first place? Yeah, I wrote down a couple of bullet points. Um, I knew you were going to ask that question, so I'll, I'll, I'll list them off to you. You enable two-factor authentication on all of your social media channels. You never give out your page credentials to anyone who emails you or, or asks you to click on a link. You never click on emails where an offer appears to be too good to be true. Um, you never download unsolicited apps. A lot of apps you download will ask, ask you for permission to have access to your social media accounts. You never give that permission. Never use the same passwords on the same sites. Um, uh, try not to reuse them where, where possible. And I know that's a pain because they're so bloody hard to remember. Update them regularly, which even makes it worse. So download some sort of password manager to keep to keep to keep on track of them, um, and then be very wary of your let's call it your connections getting compromised. Because what how I see a lot of people getting hit, and you you'll see this on things like Facebook and Instagram and other social media platforms, their account gets hacked. And then they'll automatically reach out to everyone you're connected with and they'll say, hey, click on this link, there's something cool going on. Yeah, yeah. And people click and then they get caught. And then it, it just travels like wildfire. So you, you need to question everything, absolutely everything. And how did Charlene get hacked? So on, um, yes, it was Monday, on Sunday morning, so Saturday, I go to Dingle on Friday um, and I put an out an office on Saturday just so that people would realise that I would t- return, you know, I had about 40 message requests, you know, probably 20 were worth revenue. But anyway, um, I just put it up for courtesy and that I would return it all on Monday. And on Sunday, I got a message from Instagram, and this is important for people. I got a, a direct message from Instagram, very, very um, legible looking. And just to say... Um, the song that you had up on your Instagram is copyright. Uh, we ban you. You you will be banned from your page um, if you don't follow this link. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. I've got, I, I'm I've got those in the past. Yes, yes, yes. And to be honest, you know, obviously, someone, you know, I just want to save my business and kind of go, God, that's copyright, or maybe it was a dingle air, but I didn't take too Hold much on. notice. Hold on a second there. Hang on a second there. I just got Sorry. one of these. Um, I just got one of these uh, spam calls. Oh. Hang on a sec. Hello? Hello? Yeah. 
Hello, my, my name is Kelvin, and I'm calling on behalf of the commissions for the regulation of utilities from behaviour and attitudes. Oh, sorry, that's a survey. My apologies. I thought it was one of those. Uh, they keep calling me behaviours and attitudes. I've got about five phone calls from them now, over and over. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. No, I think they're probably legit. I thought that was an 01 number. They're kind of annoying, though, at the same time. I'm, I mean, I get like maybe five or ten a day now, which are the scammers yeah, telling me that I'm, I'm okay. going to be arrested for... Uh, drug dealing and stuff. Anyway, so you got this. You got this link to click for downloading a song without copyright. Yeah, yeah. Like so. To be honest, you know, I could choose the song on my Instagram. So, you know, it didn't make any logic, but it did look like a professional message from Instagram. You know, saying because you do get those, like, you know, you're not allowed to play the song, or you know. So I was like, you know, I just gave my email, my email address, and I woke up yesterday morning. Box of Kindness was gone and like to be honest it was only when some followers contacted me on Facebook so that's how they got and my in. friend mm-hmm. saying yeah you know to be honest you know it's 14k mightn't be much to some but you the amount of work that went into that like it's heartbreaking like it's it's someone's livelihood like in business and you know mm. Please, whatever, like anyone that's on Instagram, personal or business, just be careful. Make sure that you're not sitting here like me this morning, you know, because I'm literally starting with a blank page now. Um, but, you know, I get there. Um, I, won't, I, I won't stay down for long. You know. Know. Ronan, you were saying throughout the pandemic, people are using social media so much. And the big problem we've seen is people getting caught for extortion, identity, stolen, blackmail. The fallout is unbelievable and people are committing suicide. Really? Yeah, it's, I mean, look, there's a lot of, a lot, these guys have really honed their skill in, in how they, how, how they extort people for money. Um, look, obviously one of the, one of them, the real murky underbelly parts of the internet is people use it for online dating, they use it during the pandemic to meet people and there's been a huge rise in, in sextortion um, and I mean it's, it's a very serious crime, it's where Is that where it leads crime, to people taking their own lives? They send photographs and then they're blackmailed? It's horrendous, I mean a lot of the ones we've seen, they've caught a young man or a young woman in a compromising sexual position typically with some you know, nudity and so forth involved. And effectively, they say, look, we have all of your Facebook contacts, your parents, your cousins, your colleagues, um, your Instagram contacts, and we're going to send them all this video that we have of you if you don't pay us. And what we've seen is young people typically tend to pay. They think, you know, they, they, they're in, in, in absolute shock that this is happening to them. They tend to pay, but these guys are like leeches. They never give up to keep coming back. And it, it literally drives it drives young people off the edge. I mean, it's 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 scary. And some of the some of the cases we've seen are the young guy who met the girl on social media recently. What was that story? There's been loads of them. There's been loads of them. I mean, we've we've had. To, and I mean, we're, it's, it's we said he's, she seduced him online, ended up blackmailing yeah. him. He had to sell his car over it and pay. Yeah, yeah. This this is um, that's one example. It's um, that's one example. Um, he was. I mean, I could count six of them. This, this in the last thirty days, where this has happened to young guys who are who are getting caught on on whatever social channels they're using, and they're trying to find ways to fund the the, the extortion and pay these guys back. But they, they, I mean, they never go away. They keep coming back looking for more because they have the video. I think one message I would like to to, to just put out there to anybody who's 
who finds themselves in, in this really uncomfortable position, don't engage with them. Delete your social media accounts. Don't pay them any money. Um, and remember, you're not alone. You know, this is happening. No, you're not, actually. I see a text coming in there, Charlene, from somebody else who's saying, uh, this happened to me yesterday where I got a message to click into. I'm only a small beauty account, but I didn't click it. Then I shared it on my story to warn others. Uh, chin up, Charlene. We're all behind you, and you will get sure. back to your previous followers and more, says Vicky and y'all. Thank you so much, Vicky. I know. I mean, you've got a long battle back. You have a, a high, big mountain to climb, but you'll get there. You'll get there. Absolutely, and um, I really appreciate you having me on. And Roland, thanks for coming in to save the day yesterday to sort me out with passwords and stuff because you don't think of that part of the business through like when you're you know, in the throes of other things to do with the business. And I heartfelt thank you, like, for putting me at ease yesterday by doing that because I really appreciate it. Um, no and our company goes on the ethos of, like, be kind and, you know... So oh, it's, I, I, considering I, considering your message, it's an awful thing to happen to you, being, you know, the focal point of your message is kindness, so you, you don't deserve this, um, you really don't. Um, no, but, um, like, again, you know, just like that boy, you know, be, being suicidal for that, like, there are worse situations, and I have to think of it that way as well. You know, I mean... You know, I'll build, you know, my following again. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's just, but I appreciate you having me on. And I, I really mean that. So, okay. Um, okay. thank you. All right. Shoulder thank to the you. wheel. Shoulder to the wheel. Go yeah. for it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Charlene. Ronan, thank you as thank always you. for you, taking your call. And very sound advice from Ronan Murphy from Smart Tech. Um, lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Yes, indeedy. Uh, you often wonder uh, where people get your phone number from when they do. I've had seven different calls now from this uh, this telephone survey, and in spite of the fact that I've told I'm not interested, no, thank you, goodbye, I keep seven times now in the past week. I mean, it's just insane. Uh, some updates for you. Just an update from us in Tipperary. This is Deborah O'Connor. You remember the great fun we had on Friday with regards to Tyler and his birthday at the weekend and Patrick Horgan and Patrick Horgan brought out the signed birthday card and the signed slitter and then we got it delivered up. Anyway, Deborah came back with a lovely photograph of Tyler with his big huge hurley. I hope they don't say hurl in Tipperary like they do up in, in Galway. It's hurley and his slitter and his sports gear, all his car gear, the sports direct uh, just an update from Tipperary. I want to say a huge thank you for what you did on Friday and a huge thank you to Patrick Horgan for sending Tyler the gift and to the wonderful lady that met me in Clonmel. We're so grateful. Tyler was absolutely gobsmacked. He didn't know what to say when, he gave, when we gave him the gifts and told him how we managed to get him a sign slitter and the birthday card. Apparently, I have to get them framed for him. I'll attach a photo of himself and his twin brother, Alex, and thank you all so much. Well, happy to be part of it, Deborah, and I'm delighted it worked out. I need a great weekend and a great birthday, and thanks to Patrick as well. I don't have the name of the lady who delivered the um, card and the slitter. I'll thank her when I get the name again, but she was heading up Clonmel Way, and you guys obviously hooked up. So, also, another thank you. I'm just wanting, I just want to write to say a massive thank you for the voucher I won last year on your show. <laughs> last year? It was for dinner for four plus cocktails in Clancy's Princess Street. We had an amazing night, only went recently, so good 
that we only took a handful of photos, too busy having a laugh and enjoying the amazing food. The food is to die for. I had the most gorgeous chowder followed by the chicken in buttermilk batter with a hint of chilli. Divine. We didn't have dessert as the cocktails were dessert enough. So a massive thank you to you, the gang in the studio, and to Clancy's themselves. Lovely staff. Couldn't do enough. P.S. I even ran into the gorgeous Ms. Dennehy on the night out. Such a sweetheart and looking stunning as always. It's taken me until today to recover from the night. When did you go? Maybe went on the Friday. Didn't recover till the Monday. I couldn't string a sentence together on Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> Was it worth it? Sounds as if it was. But thank you to Annette for coming back and saying thanks. It's always lovely. Listening to your podcast on Monday morning, I heard you talking about the friary in Cork. Yes, indeed. Uh, This is Kilcray Friary and the beautiful field of barley across from it, which I thought was sweet. Last year, myself and Dara Lee, who are both Cork musicians, recorded a music video there and thought you'd like to have a look at it. It catches some great views of the area. We have a Facebook page, Strings Attached, where we go around Ireland playing songs on guitars. Uh, And they sent me the link to that. And they also sent me a YouTube of their cover of Sting's Fields of of Gold in the field, which they call the Friary Field, next to the Kilcray Abbey itself. Just out on your way to ovens. You can't miss the signpost. And I had a listen to it this morning. Um, and I think it's fabulous. The Cork talent out there is incredible. So you need to picture this in your mind's eye. Dara and Ross in a field of barley um, videoing and recording this. Super stuff, lads. Dara Lee and Ross O'Regan with Sting's Fields of Gold and they are like Fields of Gold the Friary Field across from Kilcray, Friary and Abbey out west along. It's a beautiful place to visit and you can walk right through farmer won't like me for saying this, you can walk right through the Field of Barley out to the castle and uh, the lads do this when they go around Ireland with guitars playing songs. Follow them on Facebook, their page is called Strings Attached. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 104 106. I was clipping along at a rate of knots there a while ago and at one stage I said that Margaret Bottomer got a 60 day um, jail sentence. It was 90 days uh, down west for showing scant regard for the safety of others and refusing to wear a mask to prevent the spread of COVID-19 while out doing her shopping. So that was 90 days um, and I don't know how long she will actually serve and we went through that with regards to the rotating door that's happening in Irish jails at the moment, particularly in, in Limerick. So 90 days, my apologies, I might have said 60. So here's, what we, here's what we do know, um, and this is from the examiner. There's a very good article in the examiner where they break it down. The following measures are contained and the plans approved by Cabinet. It may not be, may be approved by Cabinet, but not by all of the Dáil and certainly not by all of Ireland. Fully vaccinated people, those who've recovered from COVID, will get their certificate with the QR code. Many have got it already this morning. You'll get into uh, indoor hospitality from next week. Under 18s will be able to go in as well, unvaccinated if they're with a parent or a relation. Yeah. And they hope the system will be in place by the 23rd, but no later than the 26th. So how's it going to work? Well, inspections of certificates will be done on arrival by bar staff. It'll be visual until the scan QR code app comes in at some date. But certainly next week, 
it'll be visual. There'll be a time limit of an hour and 45 minutes to indoor tables that aren't two metres apart. Yeah, the measures are for three months until the 9th of October. Um, nightclubs and dance halls are not permitted to open yet. Foreigners, foreign visitors, will be able to access indoor hospitality if they can prove that they've been vaccinated fully. So I guess they'll need to have the same uh, or else they'll have to show that they've had a PCR test or whatever. That's the gist of it, and it'll happen next week. Vaccine passports? Morning, Neil. Welcome to Communist Ireland. It's time to stand up to this tyranny. Another one here. Can you ask your listeners, can anyone help me? I'm travelling to Spain Thursday. I put three applications for three children's passport renewals. I got one back two weeks ago, still waiting on the other two. One will be issued in the next day or two, but they can't guarantee my daughter's. Is there anyone can help? Your TD, to be honest with this stage, your TD, because the clock is ticking. This is Tuesday. You're going on Thursday. I don't know whether you'll be going or not, unless you can drive to Dublin yourself. Um, Okay, we'll come back to all of those because there's a lot more. Back to the phone lines ago for the time that I've left in it. And I meant to do this yesterday, but ran out of time. I think it's a great story. It is the story of um, Carrigaline Station Officer Glenn Chris Gledhill and his wife, Leslie Ann. This coming weekend, they're launching Blazing Beans. No, it's not a horse box. It is a converted old fire truck. And it looks absolutely spectacular. How do I know? I've got the photographs in front of me. But Chris has the backstory. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I, it looks fantastic. It really does. No wonder you're calling, <laughs> it, bla- no wonder you're calling it Blazing Beans. Where did you get the fire truck? <laughs> Well, I've been looking online for years and uh, I found it online, believe it or not, up in, um, up in County Loud. Do they retire them then and sell them off? They do? Yes, when they get too old, you know, they, they start having problems and uh, they, just, they just sell them off. Uh, this one is an ex-Civil Defence. Uh, I think it was based in Dublin. But it's got a lot of the kit still on it. When you lift up the shutters, it's got the hose and a lot of the equipment there, doesn't it? It has the hose, everything was working, the lights were working, the sirens were working, um, the first aid hose wheels working, everything was working. Um, and some of the kit that you see in the pictures were actually from some of the old cupboards I found out at the fire station. So I just put them in. For oh, a bit oh yeah, for authenticity, as the fella said. Well, I don't mean to be rude, like, but how much would a fella pay for a fire truck? Oh, you'd be surprised. It's actually very affordable. Um, I picked this one up for um, just over €4,000. <laughs> All day long affordable. <laughs> and could you just drive it as your main mode of transport? Like, could I drive that to work? If you, if you have the space for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just my mind gone into overdrive there. So how did you adapt it? What have you done with it? Yeah, so um, inside there's an 1800 litre steel water tank, um, which I took out. Uh, I actually gutted the whole, the whole truck was gutted. Um, and then I started uh, just adding everything I needed to it. I extended the roof, um, cut, cut holes in the lockers uh, for the service area, for the doors. I put the pump in the rear back in, and it's just hours and hours and hours of work. It was constant. And you know the big area in it? I, I, I don't have the photographs that I had yesterday, so I'm thinking from memory here. There's a photograph that you've converted into the serving area now that would have been where the fire crew would have sat going to a call-out, is it? Um, so the, the cab itself the cab, is untouched. Yeah, the cab is, it, it, the cab is untouched where the fire crew sits. 
um, going to a call. Uh, that's untouched now, so the kids can go in and out and get a real feel for the for the fire trucks. Cause kids, kids love that thing. So I said, I'll, I'll leave that. So the back of it, where the water tank was, that's that's where the serving area and is. the and counter to the public and stuff. Yes, yeah. So we're working out of there. How um, long did it take you to do all the work? Uh, well, the first the first week we had it. Um, it was supposed to only be a, a weekend thing, but I, I just got stuck into it, and I did uh, five solid weeks of uh, ten to twelve hour days, seven days a week. Rain, wind, doesn't matter. I, I, I was out there working with a friend of mine, Eric Collins. Um, the two of us have spent hours and hours, and obviously the neighbours chipped in, and it's just brilliant just to see the the, the community come together and help out. Um, you know, such a small business it was just amazing to see Yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for them it'll be a pleasant change from all of the horse boxes that have been converted <laughs> so when are you giving in its first run and serving your first flat whites <laughs> well funny enough we actually opened uh, Saturday and we were where were you running it we were down Drake's Pool car park on the way to Crosshaven <laughs> how did it go oh brilliant uh, do you know what we actually had um, a battery problem on Saturday, our first day opening. So we didn't open for, for until about three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, there's always so, something. <laughs> with the old trucks. It's a 1994, so there's going to be some problems. I know, but, but it, must be a, it must be a real eye-catcher, like, isn't it? I mean, oh, Absolutely, absolutely. When, when I was driving down at that afternoon, um, just everybody was turning around going, that's not a fire truck. What? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what are you so serving? I'm very confused. What are you serving? Uh, so we're serving teas, coffees, um, soft drinks. We have sweets for the kids. Uh, we have ice pops for the hot days, for the blazing hot days, should I say? Um, slush I puppies, it. I think. Yes, the, the slush puppy. Um, they're actually slush puppy Mister Freezes. You know the little ice pops. Oh, I love it! And is there a portion yeah. of it going to charity? Did I read that somewhere? That's your rice, your rice. That's something I'm definitely looking into. Um, hopefully, within the next week or two, I want to start uh, a charity for victims of uh, house fires or car accidents. Um, now we come across a lot of that. I, I, I possibly, I, I think I may have mentioned, but you are an you are an active uh, member of the Carriga Line Station, aren't you? Yes, I'm the station officer. Don't the station officer of the Carrigaline Fire yeah. Station. Yes, yes. So yours is a difficult job. I mean, you have no idea what you're going to be called out to. No, absolutely not. Um, so, like, when we do get called out and we see the devastating calls, it just breaks your heart and you just wish you could do something for them. So I said, you know what, it would be a great idea. Let's do a percentage of our profits go to, towards a charity and also get the, um, you know, the scanners that you can you can donate extra money if you wish. Um, and a donation scanner will be in place, yeah. Please. People can, yeah, tap a couple of bob, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So is Drake's Pool going to be your spot then? Uh, for now, for now, we're, we're we're very happy with it. We've we've had a uh, big crowds there the last uh, three days that we've been opened. So, um, I mean, if it doesn't turn out, if it doesn't work out, we can go to um, uh, Fountainstown Beach or Garrettstown Beach, or we'll find a busy spot. Can you but turn the now, lights on? And can you turn the siren on? <laughs> the Nino. <laughs> I drive down there. I drive down there. The lights are on. The sirens are on. The kids are going mad. Uh, it's, it's brilliant, and the feedback we've been getting is just fantastic. I think it's brilliant. I wonder. So, okay, I'd love to encourage other people to get in touch if they've done all the kind of wacky conversions, just like yours. You know. Yeah, yeah. Be good to yeah, find out because that's the wackiest I've come across. Um, do you serve the coffees in in uniform or in civvies? 
Uh, well, we have our own little uniform. It's not fire kit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit too hot inside for the fire kit. Um, uh, well, I tell you something. If you're there this coming weekend, you're going to feel the heat. It's going to be oh, absolutely. absolutely boiling. Thank God. I know. I know. So you'll be lashing out the slush puffies and the cold drinks and the coffees and the teas and everything. I think it's a great story. Listen, well done. I'm going to share those photographs up on social media. People can have a look. So it's yourself. Thank you very much. Uh, it's your, I think your daughter's in for the summer. I assume you're paying her, are you? Got to pay her. Oh, we're paying her. She's happy. She's very happy with the payment. And uh, you know what? She's actually getting very good tips as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a great story. Well oh, done. You really oh, have more money than me. <laughs> you, put, you put your time during COVID to good use and it's paying back now. Absolutely. 100%, yeah. All so right. hopefully it, it stays and, and it picks up and, you know, we're, we're happy anyway, so... Mind yourself. Take care, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks Thank for taking the call. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's called Blazing Beans. I mean, there's no point in me telling you about it. You can't miss it. Can anybody beat that, actually, with regards to a fit-out? Uh, he's fitted out a fire truck. Anybody done something like that? I mean, you may have just done it for recreational purposes to go around somewhere, but you might have done a fit-out or a refit of something to start up a business. Love to hear from you. Text 0868104106. Email Neil with photographs. Neil at redfm.ie. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Talking about confusion, and a lot of the time even the politicians don't know what's going on. There was some uh, point made this morning on RTE by the Minister Catherine Martin. She said that GPs would be issuing COVID-19 recovery certificates. What's that, says you? Well, it's a recovery certificate or a letter that you would get from your doctor to say that you had COVID and recovered. And she said, apply to your GP uh, and that it would be valid for 180 days and the letter from the GP would be valid to enter a restaurant. None of that is right. Uh, In fact, doctors came out and said, we have enough to be doing now rather than issuing letters to people who have recovered from uh, COVID, that will not be happening. So the government has come out this morning and clarified, say that it's not true, it's not accurate. Um, so if you're probably asking, so where do I get a recovery certificate in the case of having had COVID? Well, the call centre, whenever it's set up, will do it. But in the short term, apparently, the HSE helpline and the call centre, when it's open, mind you, it'll only be open on a temporary basis to deal with emergency travel queries and it won't be fully operational by the 19th of July at all. So a lot of confusion even within political circles as to how this will roll out. It's all very well to say you get a vaccine certificate passport if you like but that's easy to get because you've had the two jabs and they'll, rec- they'll know but for somebody who tested positive it's a little bit more difficult um, and, and apparently then it will have to have been in the last 180 days. I know, I know, I know be weary from it, wouldn't you? Brian, good morning. Oh, you need. Okay, last call this morning. This is uh, on passports. Go ahead. Yeah, um, we tried for passports going back. It was on the 20, 23rd of January last year. and 23rd of January just gone, surely, yeah? No, I'm move, move around a little bit there. You're, you're going you're gonna to break up on me. You applied yeah, for... Um, in, in 2020, uh, we applied for passports and... We, I, we applied for four passports, one for my partner and myself and our two sons. So I, we, I got one back from my older son and my partner got a reply back to say that there was documentation, more documentation needed yeah. for a younger son and herself. So that was going to be, she sent back documentation, they sent it back after copying it and... 
After that, she held them all in from the passport office. So we. That was held, February of last year. And what's February, happened since then? It was 15, uh, 16 months ago. She, she, she rang him twice. Maybe left uh, just uh, not, not long after she got back, sent in the documentation, and they said because of the whole volume. Of You're breaking up again because of the volume, what? Because of the volume of calls and over delayed over COVID, that she, she'll have to wait, like. She rang him again uh, from there on in, and all she was getting is an answering machine. So since January 2020, you haven't got the passports? No, we are still waiting on two But yet somebody who's, who, say, today applies online could get the passport by Friday. Yeah, and they have them, so she, she's still waiting, more or less. Is there any chance that it's been lost, your application, her applications? I, I, I don't know, but to see what the problem is, is that we can contact them to find out the information on the two passports we're waiting on. They've shut down the chat and aren't taking calls. Oh, They're man. Not and calls, so are you going somewhere, Brian? No, we, we had a holiday booked um, at this, just before COVID in 2019. And because of COVID, then we, just, we just put it on hold, really. So, like, we're in no rush to go over at the moment. But it's the fact that they were paid for and our documentations went in and... That we just can't get, we just can't get on to them really. You're you know? ringing the Dublin office, the South Mall office. And the, yeah, and the South Mall, and we're not getting nothing back. Bizarre. Yeah, that's the, long, like, yeah. that's the longest I've ever heard. You yeah, need to yeah. talk to a TD. Yeah, like, I was going thinking of emailing Simon Coveney or someone like that, you know, within that department. Well, he's, he is foreign affairs. Is he your TD? No, no, I'm actually in the North Sea there. Tommy Gould is your man on that one? Yeah, I think so. I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling you, get on to his Cork office. Yeah, yeah, because uh, by the looks of things, we just wait by this time next year. I'd say it's lost. You want to get on to Tommy Gould. Have you got a number yeah. for him? I do, yeah. I do, right. yeah. Okay, let me know how you get on, will you? Yeah, I'll send back a text or an email there and see who we follow. Crazy days. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Cheers. Stay in touch. Take care. We can make some calls on your behalf if you want. Yeah, that's fine, if you like, yeah. Uh, all right, thank you. Okay, we're on yeah, that. Okay. Love you and leave you for the day that's in it. Interesting text here. Hi, Neil. There were 60,000 people at Wembley. There were 42,000 people at Wimbledon, but no parents allowed at school sports days. When will the clowns of Ireland wake up, says a texter. We'll pick it all up in the morning. Text 0868104106. Email neil at uh, redfm.ie. Most importantly, have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.